I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are The, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In every episode, we talk about the week in review, what sort of TV shows and movies we've been watching since the last episode, move on to the main event, which is either a main topic of discussion or a main review, and then move on to film phase, which is our 12 favorite films around a particular topic, often marching backwards through time. In this episode, however, we've come to the end game. So, we're going to have a little bit of a week in review segment, uh, then the rest of the episode is going to be all Avengers Endgame. We had teased before that we're going to do our film phase 1986, but I think we're going to postpone that for a future episode, because I think we might have a few things to say about the movie we're reviewing today. What do you think, Shanna? I did foresee that this was going to happen. <laughs> did you? I, I foresaw it was a possibility. So, again, we'll uh, talk a little bit about what we've been watching since the last episode with our Week in Review segment, and then Avengers Endgame. Let's get right to it. I've been watching several things. However, I think what I'm going to focus on is a couple recent releases that I caught up with. By recent, I mean like December, end of 2018. After spending a lot of time watching a lot of documentaries to prepare for next uh, the next episode, I decided to take a break and watch something a little less, what's the word, hmm, intelligent maybe? <laughs> so I watched two films. The first one is Venom, starring Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, and Riz Ahmed. And I'm glad I started with that one because uh, you couldn't get more different from the kind of documentaries I was watching, like Agnes Varda documentary or something, to a film like Venom. How was this movie? Well, it's, it's reputed to be awful. I think it has like a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. So my expectations were pretty low. But, like, audiences have gone nuts over this thing, right? Giving it, like, $400 million take or $800 million. I don't know. It was insane how much money this thing brought in worldwide. So, I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's fun? So, I checked it out. And, Shanna, you ever watch a movie... I I've asked you this before, uh, off mic. You ever watch a movie that's, like, so consistently dumb... That you're kind of like, when it's over, you're kind of weared down by the dumbness of it? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel that way about, actually, two movies come to mind. National Treasure and with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Johnny Depp film, where it's happening in, like, the 1920s or 30s. It's like a gang movie. Oh, Public Enemies. Yeah. Those two movies interesting. really take a lot out of me. Yeah, that's interesting. Those are two movies I skipped, and, you know, you're making me feel like I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. A it's choice. a pity I didn't watch Venom first and then help you skip it. <laughs> yeah, it is a choice that maybe I should have made with this movie. You know, and usually the, the, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus, 80% of the time, it's pretty darn accurate for me. If it's a movie that's really that poorly reviewed, I should stay away. And I definitely feel like that with Venom. I was like, what are you doing, Tom Hardy? What are you doing, Michelle Williams? What are you doing, Riz Ahmed? There's so much in this movie that is just 
either really dumb or doesn't make sense. Uh, it, for those who don't know, it is based on the Marvel Comics character, which Sony Pictures currently has the rights to as part of all the uh, Spider-Man characters it owns. Don't ask, it's a long story. But it's an anti-hero slash villain of Spider-Man's alien symbiote. It, it takes over a character named Eddie Brock, who's a photojournalist or a journalist in this case. And it's not such a nice thing, this alien symbiote named Venom. Um, mostly, I'll just say that this movie is a movie where no one acts like a human would behave in the circumstances and the situations that pop up in this movie. The villain has a nonsensical plan about bringing people to the moon, but they need alien symbiotes in order to live on the moon. And, you know, Luke, ugh, it's just not, it's just dumb. It's just nonsensical. Is it fun, though? Is it, like, a dumb fun? No, not really. Like, the chases aren't that exciting to me, probably because of everything else that's happening around it. The fight scenes, you know, it's established that Venom can heal itself, so what's the point when Venom's fighting a similar creature? It's just, it's just not good. And it's a huge disappointment considering Ruben Fleischer is the guy who directed it. It makes me wonder if Zombieland was a fluke with this guy. Because I don't think well, he's, that's unfortunate, yeah. I don't think he's made another film since two thousand nine that has been as good. So Venom's definitely not it. So that's that's Venom. And then I, w I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting, okay, well, surely Bumblebee's decent. You know, it can't be any worse than Venom. So I watched Bumblebee, which is the latest Transformers film. Marketed as a prequel that explains the origin of Bumblebee, which never fully I never made sense to me because I'm a fan of the 2007 Transformers film. That's the only one I think is worth a damn. And in that movie, like Bumblebee comes to Earth and he gets damaged and he can't talk and all that sort of stuff, right? I don't. Uh, maybe he was on Earth already and he came across Shia LaBeouf and he transmitted. Maybe I'm wrong. But my, my, my memory is a little fuzzy on that. Bumblebee was here already. You remember. Okay. So, good memory. Uh, that's why I keep you around. Uh, this movie, in the first five minutes, it sets on Cybertron. And I'm already thinking, holy shit, the first five minutes of this movie is way better than all 150 minutes of Transformers 2, which is the last Transformers movie I watched. It killed the franchise for me. It was so insulting and, and so terrible. But this movie in five minutes is so much better. You're already seeing the Transformers look like Generation 1, 1984 uh, version Transformers. And that's amazing. And then it, it treats Bumblebee with intelligence. It's, it's actually, a, it doesn't have any stupid human characters like Michael Bay's movies have had. Consistently, that was one thing. Okay, I... but I do like when Shia LaBeouf screams like a little girl. Yeah, okay. sure, but that's my favorite. But like, even the first film, which I actually think oh, is a de is a decent and pretty good action film, like you had John Turturro's character who was dumb. He really brought things um down a level when he showed up. Nothing against John Turturro. I think he's a good actor, but he was told he he was given a really shitty part, and it brought down the intelligence of the movie. 
And, and there's several characters, as I understand, human characters throughout the series that are like that. Not so in Bumblebee. No dumb characters. John Cena plays a general, and he actually, like, he's actually kind of fun. And if you watch the outtakes of him on the Blu-ray, hilarious dude. He ad-libs, like, the best of them. I was, I'm very impressed with this former wrestler, by the way. But, um, you know, he's actually smart enough to say, like, they're called the Decepticons. Is that not a red flag here, people? <laughs> you know? And there are, like, I think also the movie benefits from rather than having, like, a bunch of Transformers, it really only has three for the most part. And so that keeps things from being really chaotic and, and just nonsensical in the action and the choreography and stuff. And so it's actually a pretty good... I'd say it's as good, if not slightly better, than the 07 Transformers movie. So I was very pleasantly surprised by that film. And uh, I definitely recommend it. If anybody's been a skeptic about Transformers from here on... Oh, and that's the other thing. It, it was marketed as a prequel, but it's actually a reboot. It's very clearly a reboot of the franchise. A little soon for a reboot, but still... Uh, and and it, it's very... Decision franchises, people just can't nick off. I, Much like Spider-Man. That's interesting. I, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I guess so. Yeah, it is. It's frustrating sometimes, because people are now on the bad wagon of we should reboot the X-Men. I'm like, can we have, like, a few years' time? So, anyway. But Bumblebee is very promising. Uh, if they continue this franchise what direction they're going in. I think any Transformers skeptic, anybody who grew up in the 80s, loves Transformers, hated what Bay did with them, check out Bumblebee. You will be pleasantly surprised, I think. So, uh, Shanna, you, uh, since our last recording of our previous episode, a TV show debuted, I believe, that you were very excited about. Tell us about that. So I got to watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, season two, on Netflix, a day it started in April, and I love Netflix for giving us the whole season and mm. not being like one episode, yeah, one episode there. No, give me the whole thing. Like, why is that? What? Because I love that we get to do that. You know, I grew up watching one episode a week, mm -hmm. and yeah. sometimes I'd miss an episode, and it was it truly was the end of the world for me. Mm. Someone like me that's like into TV shows that much. Mm. And there was no way when I was growing up to like go back and see the episode again. Mm. It was like, and if you're recording, remember when you'd record on VHS, you'd mm. set the timer for it mm -hmm. and everything, you'd have a plan mm -hmm. and then the power would go on and then like you do not get what you want. And it was so traumatic for me as a teenager. There's ways around that now that mm. exist, you know, if you're doing one, one, one. But I really appreciate that I get to binge the whole show because it's like I'm watching an epic movie. Which you you did. You watched the entire season in two days, right? I think it was more like three. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would have liked it if it was two, but I think we had our son, so it was not possible for me to watch. You mean he was staying with us? Yeah. yeah. It was not possible for me to watch it, yeah. you know. All in one go. Because it's pretty dark series, yeah? Yes. Now that Sabrina is attending the witch school, mm -hmm. we get to dive into the into that world a little bit more and see what their customs are there and what happens if you are going to a school that worships the Dark Lord. Mm. What is going to be... The, how is Valentine's Day celebrated? It's very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Um, how is... You know, we got to see how Christmas got celebrated in the last episode, the bonus episode, which I appreciated Netflix for doing that too. Uh, 
you you see a bunch of different other things that are you know what is your play going to be about if you're going to a christian school chances are you're going to do a play about moses you're going to do a play about you know god creating the world in seven days well what's going to happen if you go to a dark lord school and what are they going to be doing school plays on and so it's really interesting and um there's so much that happens in this season. Yeah. It, it does not disappoint. And we learn so much that never gets talked about. Yeah. It's like the first season was a taste of what was to come mm -hmm. and an introduction to concepts. Mm -hmm. And then season two was like, okay, now we're going to expand and we're going to add a couple of other spices to it. Okay. So there's, there's new villains. There's uh new achievements there's new things that you discover about the characters you get to see the characters grow a little bit more too mm -hmm. uh, these characters are not one-dimensional by any means and that's good i appreciate that every character that we have develops more in some way this season good or bad yeah i had heard from an article i read that basically season one is building up to season two it's like it's, it's like setting the table, so to speak, yeah. for season two. And season two is the real story. Yes, uh, that, I agree that with we're that trying completely. To get into. It's almost like, or well, you have to think about it, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch was mm -hmm. what existed first. Yeah. And it, well, the comics technically, which, you know, Sabrina, which was based on Archie's. It was a spinoff of Archie comics. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was a humor comic. So TV show-wise, yeah. that's what existed first. Mm -hmm. And it was very playful and very cutesy and romantic and fun and just a little bit of teenage drama. Kind of like the comic. Well, okay. I, I never read the comic. Did you? Uh, no, but I have a, a pretty good familiarity with it. Okay. And then they had this animation show, too. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun and cute. Oh, really? So, it, you know, you had all these fun things yeah. around. Yeah. And then you this. bring this show. Yeah. And so you've got this fan base over maybe one or two generations mm -hmm. uh tv show wise mm -hmm. and it's like you you kind of do have to ease them into it my favorite clip that talks about how this show how this show is completely different from the past mm -hmm. is when they have the character the main four characters from sabrina the teenage witch watching an episode or two of the actors you're talking about. Yes, the yes, actors. Yes, so okay. you have the, the, you know, Melissa Joan Hart and mm -hmm. the person who played Harvey and the... the Caroline people. Ray. Yeah, they had the people who played uh, the aunts. Yeah, Caroline Ray. Watch the chilling adventures of Sabrina and they're giving commentary. They're like, oh, our Sabrina would never have done that. Oh, I totally would never have done that. Yeah. Oh, Harvey? Like, that is a cool Harvey. And they're kind of geeking out a bit about it, but they're also like, oh. And that's exactly how you feel mm. if you're a past... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Fan. But, uh, so I appreciate season one for doing that, mm. setting the stage, yeah. and then season two for diving in deeper. Yeah. And I, I very much look forward to what they're going to do next. Very cool. Awesome. So that's Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. I think we're going to move into our week in review now because since our last recording... We had something very exciting 12 days ago that premiered. The Can you guess <laughs> what it is? The newest episode of, or newest season of Game of Thrones. You have, oh, 
I was going to say, you have a minute. <laughs> no, uh, let's get right into all right, all right. our thoughts on the latest season of Game of Thrones. We've been anticipating this for some time. We've even started rewatching Game of Thrones, which, by the way, just kind of parenthetically, rewatching it after, you know, seeing it first time is it's so it's such a different experience. And I understand now not only more of what's going on, but I also understand better my my initial confusion because season one was kind of a tough season to get into because you had all these characters you had to keep track of. Plus, they're talking about characters you haven't even met. And, and you haven't heard about. Right, of course, because yeah. it's all new, right? Yeah. So I remember season one being very challenging for me. I didn't grow to love the series till later after season one. And I, I get now why, but I'm watching it and I understand things better. Of course, it helps that Entertainment Weekly made this huge freaking guide on one of their issues of Game of Thrones. So it has a map, it has a character, a like family tree thing. And so I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. You know, and Which I'm making sense of everything. They could right? not have released no, 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 before. No, 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 no. So season one, I, I, I haven't been doing it for the past uh, week, but so I need to get back into it. But it's been really interesting getting back and rewatching the series, which I hope to complete. Now, season eight, Shanna, I don't want to get into specifics, but are you pretty pleased so far with the first couple episodes? I think it's it's a very exciting time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I agree. Season one was a little... There had to be a lot of trust with season one. Yeah. Just trust that it's going to... Work out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say that yeah we watched the last three or four episodes from the previous season that's right to refresh, to our, refresh memories. our memories these characters are amazing especially now in the later season we're seeing these huge character arcs mm -hmm. that you that i don't think we get to see very often mm -hmm. my my comparison is walking dead you know, there was a lot of hype for a really long time with The Walking Dead. And maybe there still is. I don't know. Where we've kind faded. of died down a bit on Yeah, it. I think in general it's faded with that show. But here's Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And they have made it to their last season. And mm -hmm. their fans are still with them. Yeah. And it's really quite exciting to view that. Mm -hmm. But then, speaking more to the show. So it's very, it's a very exciting experience mm -hmm. and it feels like we have a tribe to watch with we're watching with one of our very good friends every sure. monday night we get to go over have dinner watch the show he's more you know he is more into the theory and everything because he's read the book so he mm -hmm. can answer questions that we might have which is pretty cool yeah. but then there's also the facebook world anyone and everyone that's watching it is posting memes and yeah. so now you've got these identifiers like oh i didn't know you liked game of thrones or whatever oh yeah yeah so it it's really a lovely community thing that's happening mm -hmm. now as far as the show goes it obviously it doesn't disappoint and it's beautiful you look at the cgi that was happening in season one and you look at where it is right now and it is magnificent mm. you can tell that they earned their budget. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> They're no. like, yes, have whatever you want. Yeah, you know? they didn't have a shoddy budget in season one, <laughs> but it was definitely like, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah, yeah, let's you know? first see if people buy it. Yeah. And there's beautiful things happening with characters. There's amazing things happen with women 
happening with women in this show. Mm. And, you know, I know it's a lot to get through to get to the last season, mm -hmm. but I love what they're doing with all the women right now. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty exceptional. Right now they've been kind of setting the chess pieces of where everybody's going to be. People are being reunited and, and kind of setting how people react to those reunions and pieces of information being revealed and how people react to the, the pieces of information being revealed. And of course, now at time of recording, we're in a very exciting uh, weekend because we have... Avengers Endgame, which has a fate of characters, unknown, right? And then we have the third episode of Game of Thrones, when they're about to enter a battle, which is, by the way, supposed to be 45 minutes, the longest battle ever on TV and the biggest budgeted battle ever. We know not everybody's going to survive that, too, right? So this is a very exciting weekend for fandom, you know, where people are on the edge of their seats, right? So by the time this, record, this recording posts... You know, that, that episode will have just aired and people will know now, you know. I can't wait. It's very exciting weekend, you know, to say the least, you know. And we'll be, after this episode, we'll be halfway through the season. And then I'm speculating that the rest of the season will be about dealing with King's Landing. And our attention's going to turn and we'll see what happens. Because it really does have to. The final, yeah. like... The, the outcome of the Game of Thrones, right? Who's going to sit in that throne, ultimately? Or if anybody. Who knows? I don't know. I have Maybe no there will be no throne. Who knows? And the theories that are coming out, especially after the second episode of what's going to end up happening, yeah. is wild and crazy. Mm. I mean, I think it's because it's just such an epic story. Yes. And I come back to comparing it to Walking Dead. You know, when there were pivotal episodes, there were theories. But none is crazy and wild and sure. plethora. Uh, you know, there is a plethora Numerous, of theories right, with, with right. Game of Thrones, yeah. which makes it a really good show. And it's also a lot more t uh, concise. I mean, we're talking, I think when all is said and done, we're talking around 70 episodes total with yeah, Game so of Thrones. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, even though it's eight seasons, which sounds daunting, but really it's only 70 episodes, 70 hours of TV more or less. So... At any rate, so we're fans, and we're going to see how things play out, and maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. But let's get to the the other reason why this weekend is so exciting. And epic. And that is <laughs> our main event, which is our review of Avengers Endgame. Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'll be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you.
did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. We lost, all of us. We lost friends, we lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. This is the fight of our lives. This is gonna work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm gonna do if it doesn't. That's from the trailer to the uh, to Avengers Endgame. And so here's what we're gonna do. Okay, so typically whenever we have a review, we focus on the good and then we talk about you know what worked with us, what sold us, all that sort of stuff. And then we talk about what didn't work, what what was the bad in the film what sort of flaws it had, and then move into spoilers and final thoughts. In this review, we're going to have a small spoiler-free section, okay? Maybe five to ten minutes of our general thoughts. We're going to be probably speaking more to our thoughts than any particulars of the movie, for those who weren't able to get tickets to see the film yet, because this is a huge, huge event, and all, and sales have been crazy selling out. We yeah. couldn't even get, we couldn't even, we wanted to watch it a second time on the day of recording, and we couldn't get seats because the, the theater was just sold out. Yeah, I mean, my brother could only see it a week from now. That yeah, is crazy. He's in a totally different market, too, right? Yeah. And we don't even live in a big city, necessarily. So, at any rate, that's how we'll talk, and then we'll get into spoilers. So, so you, and we'll definitely warn you and give you enough time to, to you know, hit the pause button or whatever. But I think you'll really have a lot of fun with this review, hopefully, it, it, once you've seen the film. Uh, let's do that, and also, in case anybody don't know... The plot of Avengers Endgame, it is the culmination of what is now called the Infinity Saga by Kevin Feige, the producer, the mastermind, if you will, behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the follow-up to the events that occurred in Avengers Infinity War, uh, post-snap, which unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know what that snap is and how half of the entire galaxy was... uh, experienced genocide they were absolutely obliterated from existence so now it's about how are the avengers going to deal with thanos and are they going to be able to undo events that occurred in infinity war and make things right in the universe again their biggest challenge yet so shanna did you like the movie and if so what did you like so I was very pleased with this film. I was wildly entertained, which is exactly what I wanted. Mm. I wanted to be entertained. Okay. The action was amazing. The moments of like, oh no, oh yes, oh crap, oh hell yeah, were abundant and thrilling. Mm. Uh, Every actor performed with such heart and authenticity to each of their characters. Everything the story did was believable. Every act made sense and maintained being relevant to the story. I had no idea where the story or how the story was going to go, mm-hmm. and and was just super pumped throughout the whole thing. So. So it sounds like you you, you were a fan. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, we I, can make that conclusion. I will say I was at times completely overwhelmed by this movie. Oh, yeah. I was moved to tears for various reasons at least three times throughout this film. The film is three hours long. I did not feel like there was a lot of fat. I thought it was is well told in that three hour time. There's a lot that happens. There's a lot that needs to happen. And it, it, I think it justifies its runtime pretty well. What else can I say? This is, a, this is a comic book lover's dream come true. If you are someone who has grown up with Marvel Comics, you could not ask for more than what you are delivered with Endgame. I, I, had, I had, this is, this is already, I can tell you right now, this is already going to be, at end of year, among my top three movie-going experiences of the year. It will be very difficult for anything to beat the experience of going and seeing Endgame and seeing it for the first time. And thankfully, we didn't, we didn't have any dicks uh, in our screening. We didn't have any baby. We had one baby. We had one baby. And it, it didn't... peeped twice. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, it. I turned to Shannon. I was like, I smell a baby. You know, I was like, it's been there for a while. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and you know, uh, that turned out fine. We actually had a very tepid audience that we were. Yeah, in. I was the one screaming and cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of it. I was mildly surprised there wasn't even an applause. At the end of the movie, and I, I feel like this movie is well worthy of applause. Like uh, Force Awakens, what received applause? Uh, applause when it came out, uh, in in our screen. Yeah, that was a really beautiful experience. Yeah, I think this is a beautiful experience in many ways. <laughs> I think we will dive into it. Do you have any disappointments in general? I do have a disappointment, but it cannot be discussed here. Okay. Does the good outweigh the bad? Yes. There's just a minor thing. It's a minor that thing. needs to be talked about in the spoiler zone. Okay. Okay. What about you? Look, it's worth, it's worth watching it a second time to, 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 to really have concrete feelings. But, um, yeah, I think watching... that you get, like, there's this guiltiness of, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, I just want to be entertained. It was a total sensory you know? experience yeah. for you. And then the second, I would have preferred to watch it a second time before doing the podcast, but yeah. this is what you guys get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do have a quick turnaround between recording and, and posting, too, because in order to get you this, this episode. So we didn't have a whole lot of time, uh, especially to, to factor in editing. But uh, I think, I, I didn't go into it as sensory as you. I mean, I definitely had the sensory experience. Don't get me wrong. It's impossible not to have the sensory experience watching this film but I was also like when I'm watching a movie if something's not going to hit me right it's not going to hit me right and there was a couple things that I don't even really remember anymore that oh as I was watching I was like well that feels like a cheat you know maybe they'll come to me when we're discussing in spoilers but they're so minor they were so overwhelmed by everything else that, I mean, no, no, this, the, the, the good definitely outweighs the bad in this film. If, if you've been a, a fan of these movies at all, I mean, you don't even really need us to tell you this then, 
but you can't miss this film. I think this is the event of the first half of the year, period. Yeah, and we had an interesting question uh, asked by a friend last night. Well, which one do you think is better? Is it Endgame or is it going to be Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Uh, that really, at the end of the year. That really gave me pause because... Uh, I couldn't even process that question because I know so little about Star Wars Episode Nine, but I also assume like that's going to be a great experience too. Well, then we were talking about money that it's earned, yeah. Money that Infinity War earned, money that Endgame has earned, money that the four, uh, the Last Jedi earned, and now what is Star Wars at the end of the? What's the last one? Last Jedi. Um, you talking about that? What? Are you talking about the, the last... The one that's coming at the end of the year. Oh, The Rise of the Skywalker. The Rise of the Skywalker. You know, how much is that going to make? And so I think that that's an interesting gauge of how popular it's going to be. But whether or not one is better than the other, that might not end up being the case. They're so different. They're so showing different worlds. Yeah. Uh, you know, Star Wars at the end of the year is going to be this, well, we know it's between. it's going to be this rise up of dark and light. And really, what we know right now is it's going to be between Rey and Kylo Ren. But with Endgame, we know it's a bunch of characters up against Thanos. So it's really difficult to say anything. So I think to that question, they're just two different, completely different experiences. And that's, that's the best way I, I, I can react to that question. It's going to be different experiences. Different reactions, I think. You know, unless there's actual flaws and issues with Episode Nine, it'll be equitable, I think. Uh, but you, you talked about revenue. And in one day, like, this film, Endgame, has made 156, almost $157 million in one day, which breaks oh, records. Oh, it's gone up. It's made more than Infinity War, which made $106 million. Did it last night we looked and it was, it was only pro- at 140 No, it was a minimum of 140 Okay. Was it was the projection. Uh, so the exact is almost $157 million. Well, that's really so, interesting because he, I thought that Star Wars, I thought it had only hit 140 And so I thought, okay, well, Star Wars will probably hit 160 But now... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Star Wars will hit 200, for all we know. Who knows? But I know that I pity any competition that decides to come out in December during the awards season because they're they're going to be blown out of the water and it's going to be hard for people to to really, like, want to catch up with everything that's going to be praised during that season. At any rate, getting back to Avengers Endgame, yeah, the the good, of course, outweighs the bad. There's hardly any bad. There's hardly any flaws. Anything that 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 is worth noting noting is so overwhelmed with everything else that happens that I think we both agree this is the movie to see. If you're someone who does not watch movies more than four times a year or whatever, this is the one to see uh, right now. So let's let's get into. A discussion, unless you have anything else to say about the film generally or reactions to it, let's get into the nitty gritty with a spoiler, spoiler filled discussion. Let's of, do it. 
about Avengers Endgame starting now. Right away. Yes, yes, flee. If you have not seen... I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, you do not continue listening. Pause, go to your, your soonest screening that you can get into, come back, and listen to the rest of this. Because we're not dancing around here. We're going to talk in depth here about this movie. So, again, this is your final warning. Spoilers for Endgame. We're getting into it. Here we go. Here we go. I'm getting my notes open. I'm opening it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> All right. Let's start, Shanna, with the, the basic plotting of the film and, and our thoughts on that. So, first of all... The film, you know, the biggest questions that people had going into this movie was how, how are they going to deal with Thanos? And is Captain Marvel going to be the answer to dealing with Thanos? And, and then the second thing is, okay, they'll, once they deal with Thanos, how are they going to deal with the snap? Like, you know, just because you kill Thanos doesn't mean people will come back, right? So what do they do? They deal with Thanos, like, within the first... 20 minutes of the movie. He's, he's, they, they, they find out where he is. They go to him with Captain Marvel, by the way. And he's already kind of broken and he's just kind of like living at this point um, because he used the stones a second time, which was how they found him, to destroy the stones. And it actually hurt him in the process, right? He's pretty much defenseless. They come along, learn what happened, and Thor wastes no time decapitating him with Stormbreaker, the axe. Thanos said you should have gone for the head. Well, Thanos, or Thor wastes no time doing that, right? So then I'm like, huh! <laughs> What's going on? So, uh, what are we going to do for the other uh, two and a half hours here? Well, and Carol you know? Danvers' face was kind of my face. Like, what? the fuck just happened oh yeah um but i also laughed because i was like <laughs> that i don't know how to feel about that <laughs> you know I, I was surprised more than anything else right yeah because now i'm thinking okay for the rest of the movie thanos is out of the picture there's you know now the real challenge is how do we resolve the galaxy and you put things back put things right so what is the answer to that oh so they, 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 they feel like it's all up. There's no stones. There's there's no... They failed. There's, all they could do is kill Thanos. Um, they avenged, essentially. So five years passes. And it doesn't really solve anything. Because no. they don't have... They can't undo the snap or anything like that. Exactly my point. So five years passes. The planet let alone the rest of the universe, uh, is trying to figure out how to move on. Some of it is survivor's guilt, involves survivor's guilt. Some of it involves PTSD. People are dealing with it in various ways. And uh, Ant-Man, he finally... This was one of the things I was like, huh. A rat. You get one. Yeah, it wasn't... Again, it was so overwhelmed that I'm only now remembering it. But it was one of the, like... That's that's the best we could do in the writer's room? When I saw it, I was like, oh, of course that's what's going to happen. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, of course. After Ant-Man and Wasp, people were like, oh my gosh, how is how is he going to get out of the quantum realm? Because everybody who was there vanished. 
So you had theorized Goliath was going to show up, and he, Lawrence Fishburne, was going to be the answer. Oh, that's right. I did theorize that. To, we didn't even see know, him. And that's not what happened at all. Yeah. <laughs> all that equipment gets stored. It gets found somehow over the past uh, five years, stored in a storage unit, and, and a freaking rat accidentally, like, sets the equipment off <laughs> to bring him back, and he's back five years later, and he's, he has no idea what happened. He has no idea how much time has passed. Because it was only, what, five minutes for him? I think so. I think that's what he said. I he said so. five minutes or five hours, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, my, the point being, because he realizes this, because he's been in the quantum realm so long and time works differently, Right? He starts thinking, okay, there's smarter people than me that can figure this out, but there's got to be something to this. There's got to be a way we can use this and travel back in time to be able to set things right. Right? So Ant-Man ends up becoming one of the most significant characters in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. For a moment. Right? For a moment. For like, like... half the film sure right because the rest of the film is about time travel and you have thoughts about this right yeah uh what what are your thoughts about about this whole um time travel plot i love that there was fucking time travel Mm -hmm. because duh like that's my favorite thing in the whole world (laughs) yeah is time travel I thoroughly enjoyed that that was incorporated. Uh-huh. That's my thought. Why don't you carry on talking about the plot and then we can dive in some more. Well... I don't want to I don't want to completely stray away from what you were saying or trying to get at. And this, okay. this is where you're trying to get. Well, I, I, I want to talk... Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about char- like specifics of character fates and stuff and where this leads to later. But basically what happens is they figure out time travel ultimately, Right? And they split off into separate teams. I, might, I misunderstood at first. I thought they were splitting off into two teams, where like one team was one team was going into one time period, and another team was going into another time period. They figured out where like half the stones were at the same time. But apparently that's not accurate. I misunderstood. They go off into separate time periods, uh, into groups of two or four, depending on the team, right? Because you have one team that goes into 2014, one team that goes into 2012. Essentially, what they're doing is they're going into past movies. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is really fun, right? Because then it becomes this extra thread, like tying everything, tying all these movies together. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the primary ones, I couldn't believe this. So the primary ones of the whole series that become that figure in are Thor Dark World. Because they had to throw it a bone. <laughs> <laughs> so Thor Dark World, which is, you know, you're referencing the fact that it is cons- pretty much the most despised film of the series. Pretty much. Avengers, also known as Avengers Assemble and other markets. Guardians of the Galaxy. And any others? Am I forgetting one? I think there's a timeline that uh, we don't really have context with a movie. Yeah. Uh, what is it? 1970. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because they have to go further back mm-hmm. because of their mess up. Mm-hmm. As always the case, 
Things don't go according to plan with a time travel plan, right? <laughs> There's too many variables. That's why no one's touched it. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And there's a lot of surprises that pop up during this. So those movies are the ones that end up being crucial to the overall story. They decide to retrieve the Infinity Stones from where they were in time and put them back together. And the, the plan is to essentially create a new gauntlet with the stones and someone who, can, who has the strength to bear the gauntlet is going to snap their fingers and bring everybody back. What's interesting is it like for some reason I just realized this now for some reason Rocket doesn't bring up that all the Guardians were holding the purple stone Mm. to make it work. Mm -hmm. They were they were bearing the energy together, Mm -hmm. and that probably should have. I was I was I thought that that would play into it later, Mm. but obviously it did not. Well, it's, it didn't end up being necessary because what the what the Avengers have that the Guardians didn't have is they have a Thor, they have a Hulk, you know, two two characters that are strong enough to be able to handle the gaunt, the gauntlet. My, the Guardians had a half ethereal being. Yeah, but like I mean, it, you know, they didn't need to like do a daisy chain. You know, when you have someone like Thor or Hulk that can handle it, right? Thor, Thor, by the way, he probably would have, but he probably would have perished in doing so because he's just probably a little bit weaker than Hulk who stepped up to the plate and said that he he would... Take the GABA. Yeah, he did it. So they got all the stones and they snapped their fingers. Um, He snaps his fingers um, and it works. But what you're forgetting to mention is that this whole time they're hunting for the stones, Mm -hmm. Thanos discovers their plan. 2014 Thanos discovers their plan. Right. Which, okay, so here's the other thing about this movie. And and I neglected to mention, I think this was the idea that I was trying to get at that I forgot, which was this movie goes in directions I did not foresee. It it absolutely, I, I had theories, I had ideas of what was going to happen. This movie does not... It takes so many left turns. And one of them was somehow with Thanos being able to find out what's going on via his present-day Nebula, right? Somehow present-day Nebula being in the same time as future Nebula allowed her to, like, have access, her technology access to future Nebula's memories, which meant Thanos could review events of the future and figure out what's going on. So it makes more sense in the movie. So this happens, and Thanos concocts a plan to transport himself in the future and make things right from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, and and it looks like he's going to succeed, right? Because um, he appears just as uh, the Avengers undoes everything. And he blasts them all to hell. And I thought, I literally thought, oh, well, that's how they die. (laughs) You know, I really did think, like, there's no way they could survive that. Especially since Ant-Man took the brunt of it. I was like, well, he's dead now. Uh, So much for all of that. Yeah. And I wasn't mad about it. I was like, oh, 
they achieve their mission, they save the day, and they're gone. And I thought that was, I was thinking, like, wow, that's an interesting way to, to kill them all off and, and finish this. And so it's the people who just came back. They're going to be the ones that save the day, you know, from Thanos again, right? That's not what happens. <laughs> oh, every single thought I have while watching this movie is not what happens. Uh, somehow Ant-Man survived that shit. And everybody else survived. No one was casualty to to being obliterated <laughs> by a full-on laser assault, right? And I'm glad that they didn't die from that. Really? I would have been annoyed. Mm. Because whenever there's a building that blows up, you never know for sure. Because you don't see a dead body. So you don't actually know for sure. I mean, I guess, but I kind of anticipated we're going to see dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, sure. you did. Okay. You yeah. were like, oh, well, we'll come across it at some point. I and mean, I was like, surely, you know, maybe Hulk survived, maybe Thor. Those are the only two that are likely to be able to survive something like that. But no, all of them did. And then it becomes... Well, Rod- is it Rody? Rody had Auber on... Yeah, yeah. Um, War Machine, and which he had to get out of. Yeah. Because I guess it was too damaged in the rubble. Well, well, he was yeah. stuck. Yeah, yeah. So then, and then it becomes a big battle, which uh, I think we're going to get into in a second here. But did you have any thoughts about the general plot of the film, the, uh, any of the time travel aspects, any surprises, disappointments, uh, things that you didn't see coming? I didn't see, you know, I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. And then at certain points as they were being set up, I was like, oh, that's what's going to happen there. That's what's going to happen there. And I only got one or two right out of the five that I was assuming. What are the two that you as, got right? Well, I can't remember right now. Oh, okay. um, but, you know, I know when I'm right. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Jeez, I can't remember now. Uh, I have to watch it again. So, you can't, here's what I have to say about time. the time travel. You cannot get hung up on the time travel. I Because everything is solved, mm-hmm. infinity stone-wise, so there is no splitting on the timeline. And it's established via the Ancient One, if you're paying attention. And then, you know, everything else, I think it's Rhodey that rules everything else out. He's like, oh, okay, so Back to the Future is a load of bullshit and da 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 Well, Hulk does, like, too. Oh, is it Hulk? Yeah, okay. he's like, are you... Well, no, 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 first it's Stark, like... He was like to Ant-Man, I was like, you're not seriously telling me your your plan is hinged on knowledge from Back to the Future, right? Yes. And so, then Hulk was saying, you got to understand, this is all bullshit. Like, this is how time works. Because this is, you know, here's the thing. Whenever there's a movie or a book or any kind of story that brings time travel in, you have to set up your own rules. And they did that. They do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one, it felt like, and I don't know, but it felt like it was trying... To be as scientifically credible as possible. Well, that's what they're always... I think if you look at the history of time travel movies as it's unfolding, they do try to do that. They do try to get closer and closer to what's scientifically plausible. You know, it's not all like, oh, we're just going to set this out of our thumb. I mean, sometimes it seems like they're making things up because they don't really know. Well, it's called sci-fi for a reason, right? right. So, anyway, you know, so in the wise words of Bruce Willis from Looper... I don't want to talk about time travel shit because if we start talking about, you know, about it, we're, we're going to be here all day making diagrams and pulling straws. We got what we need from the ancient one. Everything got put back. 
the t- the timeline we're on right now is the correct timeline. There are no loops. Well, okay, so I do want to talk about it just a little bit, just to Oh my make God, clear. what did I just say? I know, but... <laughs> just questioned Lupa. <laughs> I, I hear you, but here's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't think it gets as nonsensical as what that implies. I think they actually do make sense of it. I, now, granted, last night I was trying to track everything. Oh, God, guys, that was so painful. It was driving you nuts. <laughs> I was trying to make sense of it, but I think it does make sense. And it comes down to the fact that while the Ancient One from Doctor Strange lore, by the way, in case, you know, so we're following along, explains to Hulk that there's this potential of all these split realities from messing up, messing around. Yeah. Their plan is for Captain America to go back and put all the stones back in place so everything is right again. So so it it means that certain deaths that we saw in Infinity War actually still occur. Yes. Right? So, and, and it also means that, like, Certain things that we saw happen in this movie didn't necessarily happen, i.e. Loki getting away with the Tesseract. Yeah, because right. it would have been put back in place, there wouldn't be a scuffle. Right. Everything would be fine. Which means Loki is also still dead. Yes. The only one who is exempt from all of that is Gamora, and only because she was brought forward. Yes. So let's do a head count here. Uh, before... Okay, so... Yeah, let's do a head count for the plotting, then we'll get into other fun stuff and come back to story arcs here. The casualties, the permanent for realsies casualties are Heimdall. Yeah, Heimdall, Loki, mm-hmm. Gamora. I think those are the only deaths that occur, right? Nova Corps, oh, okay, which Nova happened Corps. off camera, yeah. but that still occurs. Nova Corps is no more, right? And Gamora is dead, but 2014 Gamora got quickly transported to the future. So she is technically not the Gamora we know because she hasn't had those years to become the Gamora she we know. She never became a guardian. But hashtag bring back Gamora has been fulfilled. And not in the same way that we expected. <laughs> I don't care. She's there and, that's, and I'm happy. <laughs> but, but we have a history in this podcast of arguing about this. Sure. Or I didn't want that to happen. You did. And what I didn't want so to happen... So are you angry about it? This is what I'm getting at. What, what I didn't want to happen was a thing I would have been angry about where they completely undo it. They didn't completely undo it. You know, they did something different. And I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. I'm satisfied with that. So no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. They didn't undo everything. It's <laughs> like you're mad that you're trying to be mad. No, no, no. I'm really not. I'm really not. So again, with our head count, we have Heimdall, Loki... Gamora, kind of, Nova Corps. And then in addition to that, we have a Black Widow and Tony Stark. Right? Yeah. More on that later. Yeah. Okay? Uh, anybody else I'm missing that actually for realsies died? No, for real, you've got it now. Okay. For, okay. okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, and of course, Asgard's dead, um, and, and half of them now exist in Norway somewhere or something like that. No, no, I don't no. think there's even half ex- that, that were left behind. It's a very, very small village. Uh, okay. I, I think there are very, very few refugees left. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about 
Um, unless there's something else you wanted to bring up, let's talk about the stuff that we really enjoyed. The, the, well, the I wanted ones. to talk about the five-year thing. Okay, go ahead. So what I liked is that they kept this, this reality to superheroes and to people that were left behind after the... I didn't even think of calling it a genocide, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I find this idea that people were left... They are half the population was left to live their lives for five years before the before the snap gets corrected. Mm-hmm. Now the snap's corrected, and these people have lived, tried to move on for five years, but all these other people have appeared right. again. So I I find that to be a very interesting concept, and I'm very curious as to how what's going to happen now. And I hope that in Spider Man Homecoming, which is the next one, I hope that they acknowledge it in some way just to update me. Yeah. Because I want to have an update. I want to, like, don't ignore this, right. you know, because now it's a new thing to deal with. Yeah. Lots of happiness and excitement, but a new thing to deal with, and um, I want to know. You know, that's an interesting point, and I wonder if part of Mysterio's motivation will have something to do with it. Because, listen, five years is a long time, hey? You might yeah. think that five years isn't, but five years is enough time to finish preschool and elementary school. It's enough time to finish high school. It's enough time to get a degree. It's enough time to go on a volunteer program. It's enough time to get married and have a kid. Not all and of those things at once. No, but. no, but these different categories, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. a lot can happen. Yeah. You know? Depending on where you are in life. Yeah, and so I just am very curious as to what's going to happen there. And I think it's I think we can assume that all the main characters for Spider-Man, everyone that's attached to him, I think it's safe to assume that all of those people were snapped away and are brought back because at the end, uh, Peter Parker sees his best friend. That brings a question to mind. Okay. If it's been five years, yeah. why is Ned still in high school? Because he got snapped away and now he's back. That's I, what I'm saying. I didn't think he was. Like, unless something happened, there is no indication that they stopped normal functioning of society. Right. Was it difficult? Yes. But there's no indication, verbal confirmation that society stopped, like people stopped going no, to school yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, that's so why... So it, it, I think that it's a confirmation that they were all snapped away. Everyone involved with Spider-Man was all snapped away, and now they're back. Because now they're picking up and they're going back to school, etc. Unless Aunt May wasn't snapped away and she's been dealing with this all this time, too. That might be a possibility, but kid-wise, we know that all the kids attached to him were gone. We'll, um, we'll have to, that's yeah. another question, hopefully, to be answered in well, Far From Home. They wouldn't be in a high school trip, would they? Well, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Right? they wouldn't be in high school anymore. So, I think it's important to realize that and, um, you know, I wonder... I wonder how people are going to keep, you know, it's easy if your person's reunited with you, but what else, what other kind of turmoil are they having? Yeah. Because someone like Hawkeye, I mean, he totally went off the bandwagon, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll get back to that. Um, I loved how Thanos realized that humanity is going to continuously fight if they remember what humanity, like, what used to yeah, be. Yeah. And it's like the dad on his last nerve that got tip-tap danced on. And he's like, well, I'm just going to eliminate all of you. So I really, I, it terrified me because that's what I saw coming. I was like, oh, shit. He's seen everything play out. Okay. And he's going to be like, well, fuck this shit. I'm going to go harder than what I thought. I'm uh. not going to be just... Like how yeah. he thought he was. Yeah, right. I'm just going to eliminate all you fuckers. He's and great. I was yeah. like, 
it was amusing and funny to me because I made that connection of it's like it's dad's last nerve. But it was also terrifying because I was like, oh, shit. Right. And here he is. He's about to snap again. And to clarify his plan, by the way, he, his plan was to eliminate everybody who exists but repopulate with, just with, a pe- couple that wouldn't with people who not, – not a couple. Like right. repopulate the galaxy with, with new uh, – new beings or whatever who wouldn't know any different yeah yeah so it's it's a good idea that they had that incorporated but it's also terrifying as shit so that's what i wanted to say about at least the five years that the five years is very interesting and it's also interesting that it's five yeah because a lot can happen it's one thing if it was just a year later right people are still probably raw i mean tony stark and pepper had a kid so right, right. a lot could happen. Yeah, absolutely. It also makes me curious about uh, where is Carol Danvers' family at this point? Did did the two oh, okay. get snapped away, or did did maybe the girl stay behind? And are we going to see her as Ms. Marvel? Well, so is here's, that what people are theorizing? N- well, here's the thing. Okay, so thanks for bringing that up because I think I've I think I've forgotten to bring that up all uh, all the times that we've recorded about this movie. The exciting thing about the characters you're talking about whose names escape me off the top of my head. Rambo. Rambo is the last name of both of those characters. What? Um, no, really? Maria and Monica Rambo. Okay. The French Rambo. Um, is like, okay, the, the uh, Monica Rambo is now gotta be in her 30s. Because she was like 12 or, or 10. Why would she be in her 30s? Let me, let me just finish. Hold on. Okay. Let me, All just right. hear me I'll out first, okay? Hear me out. Let me finish explaining. Okay. She was like 10 or 12 in the 90s, okay? So age, she's had all this time to age while uh, Carol Danvers has been away. So she's got to be in her 30s or something, right? And then let's assume she didn't snap away, all right? And it's been five, uh, five years... Since the snap, you know, that would put her in her early 40s. Either way, in that time, she's had an opportunity to become the character that she is in the comics, which is Photon. And yes, at one point, she did bear the name Miss Marvel. But she, most importantly, no matter what you call her, she has become a superhero and she has the, uh, had the opportunity for those things to happen, which I'm really curious and excited about the potential of that being paid off. Now, even if she got snapped away, she would still be in her mid-30s when she came back because of the time since, you know, that she's had to grow from the 90s and the 2000s and most of this decade. Oh, you're right. Okay. Because I'm just thinking she was a little girl when she got snapped away. No, she's, she's like prime. Okay, right. cool. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. If anything, Carol's friend Maria Rambo would be like in her like 50s or 60s. Unless she got snapped away, which even would be good, even then, good motivation for the daughter. Even then, you're still talking about the decade of the 90s. You're still talking about the 2000s. That's you true. Know, yeah. People age. <laughs> I forget you know. that that exists. Yeah. So... That has yet to be paid off. We do not have any payoff of that in this film. Uh, but So we will see if that what happens with that. So anyway, uh, continue. Uh, anything else you were saying about that? No, I think I'm complete about the five-year thing. Okay. I, just, I really like that they did that. Yeah. It was really pleasing. So me. we have some questions about future movies. 
that we've obviously brought up here with Spider-Man and Captain Marvel in particular and how things are going to be affected in the future from this and how characters, what's going to happen with characters as a result of this, the supporting I, characters. Yeah, I feel like this is also like a window to, like an opportunity to invite so many new characters at once. Maybe. And I hope that it's not going to be like too overwhelming. I hope that we're not going to lose a lot of characters because like too many might be introduced at once. So I hope that they're bearing that in mind. We'll see. I would be surprised if it becomes overwhelming, but we'll see. Especially with stuff that we're going to discuss in a little bit here. But first, let's let's have a little fun. Coolest moments. Let's geek out. Yes. Um, before we get into the final section here, let's geek out a little. Coolest moments. What, what are the things that you're just like, oh my god, that was awesome. Okay. One of the most wonderful and important scenes in this entire film was when they're on the battlefield... And, you know, I forget that, you know, in movie lore, it's like, okay, they're at the last battle and everything seems hopeless and there's no way we're going to come out of this. I really thought that Captain America was dead after Thanos punched him into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shield is, and is the shield half broken. And like gone, you yeah. know, practically gone. And I, I thought that that was it for Captain America and I was mm-hmm. really upset because I know in the comic books he's supposed to die in Civil War. So I was like, are they really going to kill him? Because I didn't want him to die. Mm necessarily in that way yeah. and then all of a sudden cap hears sam coming in the radio over in the his, radio yeah and he's like on your left and it's really it's really fun because it's a callback to when they're training running around the lake and like oh holy shit and he's saying i think captain america says on your right and okay. Sam is like on your left. I I could okay. be wrong with that, but I was like, that was such a either great way is a callback. Yeah, and like you could see Cap was just tearing up, and this whole time after we see the snap happen, and you see Laura phones Hawkeye immediately. I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? Before this, yeah, and then the explosion happens, and yeah. then it's like you get caught up with the three, the Iron Man, Thor, Cap trying to battle Thanos on their own, and then you see everything that Thanos has bringing. And then you see the swirls Which, happening. by the way, is a lot. Thanos yeah. is bringing more than I would have imagined. Yeah. And, I, you know, you see the opening. I don't know what you call them. That Doctor Strange helps yeah, make the portals. Yeah, these little portals. Yeah. You see these portals. You see a portal opening, and it's bright as fuck. And you see, you know, okay, here come the people that we've been waiting for. The heroes that we've been waiting for. Yeah. And then you see more portals opening. And I'm yeah. like... Losing my fucking shit in the seat. I'm yeah. like, this is fucking amazing. Because I forget, I got so wrapped up in how the story was doing everything I didn't think they were going to do. Yeah. That I forgot that that is inevitable, that that was going to happen. You know, that's the inevitability. So the best part of this entire battle. Well, hold on. Is Let's before, I just want to pause okay. and take a step back and for a second. Okay. Because there's something that you really kind of glossed over them. I really think it's important to really get the scale of here, which is Thanos' army. Uh-huh. It included not only whatever his children of Thanos is actually officially called, which has Ebony Ma, which has um, uh, Proximity... I don't remember her name. Pro- Proxima... But everybody... His right? team from Infinity, Infinity War. War. But it also has... All of the Chitari yeah. and all the giant freaking beasts that invaded New York. What we saw in Avengers Assemble. Right, yeah. in 2012. All of those 
as well as the freaking beasts that, like, the no-name beasts that we see in Infinity War. At Wakanda. Right, at Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, like, all of these things at once, it is an overwhelming, giant mass that is about to completely wreak havoc on this planet, right? There is no way that anybody, aside from the Avengers, could stand up against what Thanos has coming up behind him, right? Mm. And then you have, yes, these Doctor Strange portals opening, and you see Black Panther and Okoyo and Okoya and Shuri oh, marching I was so through. Happy. I was so pumped which up. is like, oh yes, <laughs> and, and then you have, and then you and, see the Mbappe chair, and it's well, like, yeah, eventually and you have um you have Falcon fly through, yeah. and you have then you have Umbaku and his oh army, God, his so tribe pumped. comes through, yeah. and he's doing his uh, chant, yeah, and like. It just builds and builds. You have the guardians, all the guardians up here. Yeah. You know, that had... Spider-Man is like, Iron Man, where are... Like, Tony, where are you? (laughs) Yeah, Spider-Man shows through. You have... You have Doctor Strange and... I just said Wong. We have Wong. Yeah. And then they bring all these other, like, mystics, right? Well, and then they're bringing ships through, too. And I don't know... I'm trying to remember ships. They were bringing through ships, and I don't know whose ships they were. I don't remember that. Because there was just so huh. much happening. Yeah, you know? I, I, it probably overlooked. I probably, yeah. I um, feel like it then was. You have you have yeah. Scarlet Witch. Oh my gosh, then, so when she came through, I was like, oh, Thanos yes. is going to wear his pants. Who else? Who else do we have? Who else do, do we have come through? Uh, there's, you have, uh, of course, uh, Taika Waititi's character from Thor Ragnarok come through. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, Everybody's there. Everybody I mean, that's ever existed is there. It is so many that it is absolutely overwhelming. Valkyrie comes Valkyrie through there, with her yeah. freaking Pegasus. And then out of nowhere, you see Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts wearing an Iron Man suit. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, is that Pepper? I just, it was, oh my, there's. Just so many characters. So that, that was the other through. thing I assumed. I assumed because we got to see the mask, mm-hmm. I assumed that Pepper Potts was going to make an appearance at some point uh-huh. in a suit. That's very perceptive. I did not. Because ca- otherwise, I did not why were that. they making a big deal out of it? You know? Yeah. Yes. I think um, by that point, I had just, like, there had been so much that had yeah, happened. So much had happened. Janet Van Dyne comes through. So the Wasp. Oh, yeah. Oh, not Janet. Sorry, I misspoke. Hope Van Dyne, Wasp, comes through. Uh, It's just everybody. And it is just so amazing. As people come through, you've got like Ant Man making himself ginormous to get out of the fucking. Rebel. Yeah, the shit that they're That's how he saved War Machine and who was the other one? Uh, was it Rocket that he said? It must have been Rocket, because yeah. we had Rocket and War Machine together. That's right, yeah. yeah. They were about to drown. Yeah. And Hulk. He said it. And Hulk, He says right. Hulk, right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Did you see him, like, expand... Like, I swear oh, he was big... Dude. That was the biggest he's been. Dude. And then he stomps amazing. out one of the characters, you know, from Thanos's yeah. thing, mm-hmm. yep. uh, team. Yep, I don't even know that guy's character. I, I, I can't even find his so name on here. this is what was awesome about this. Mm-hmm. This was what I was hoping we would experience in Ready Player One on their battlefield. Mm-hmm. And we experienced nothing. 
nothing. Like, even when we were experiencing it, even though there were these cool little Easter eggs happening, yeah. it did not feel like anything. Right. As, like, in itself. Yeah. And then we watched this, and I was like, this is exactly what I was hoping oh, for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, from, from Ready Player One. And we got a cheer. The difference is, even if it had happened in Ready Player One... The difference is we have such a connection with the characters that show up here, whereas in Ready Player One, they're set up as avatars. And I we would still feel cool about it, though. I'd feel, cool, feel something. But, like, in this, it was overwhelming to me to the point of tears. Like, it was so amazing. Well, how they were teaming up was just killer. Go ahead. And, like, the best part of this entire fucking thing was when... Carol Danvers had to get the glove to the other side. She had to, oh. she had to get through. Let's let's establish. Carol Danvers, by oh, the way. Oh, and then she comes and she during, destroys the ship. During the most of the movie, she says, you probably won't see me for <gasps> a very so long pissed. time. I was so pissed. So for the longest time in this film, I'm like, oh, great. We have a fucking, it's just going to be about the fucking men again, all over again, forever and eternity. <sighs> and look, I was, I know they had to, Give the, the main six a send-off, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get there. But I was totally disheartened when I realized, okay, we're not going to see Akoya for a while. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see Carol Danvers for a while. We're not even going to see Nebula for a while, but Nebula comes well, back. Well, Nebula's in, yeah, comes And back. I was like, there are too many men in this. It needs to be more equal. And I was very upset. And then I was like, okay, just calm down. It's, it's probably going to work itself out. And then guess what? It worked itself it, out because it was just fine. all the women of MCU fucking teamed up with Carol. They were like, Carol Danvers had to move that glove to the other side, and Okoye was like, she's not alone, and all the fucking women come and get behind fucking Carol Danvers, and they're going fucking crazy. And it was like, they were like, together. It was so cool. It was an amazing moment. It even got me a little forklimped um, during it because it was it was amazing to see all the women of the MCU, uh, which let's I mean it's we're talking Valkyrie, we're talking Wasp, we're talking Pepper Potts, uh, uh, we have Mantis, we have uh, I'm forgetting we have um, bleh, 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 we have so many I can't even count them off the top of my head. All in one shot. Then you have together, Akoya right? and you have Shuri. And then yes. you have... Yes. Uh, gosh, there's more women. There's more women than There's that. so many. Like, But what I wanted to really emphasize was when Captain... When Carol says early in the film, you may not see me for uh, for quite some time. I was like, oh, wow. That really, that really upset expectations. Not in like a bad way, but like people were expecting one thing. And it's going in a completely different direction. So when she shows up at the end, some um, the, the lasers all of a sudden on the spaceship point upward because oh, yeah. they sense something coming. Distracted. And they're shooting in the sky, yeah. in the clouds, at that's some right. lights that's showing up. I mean, it's, it's, it's in a, like, we got to build this thing up, right? They, they, this, they do an exceptional job of really building things rather oh, yeah. than just making things happen. Yeah, yeah. And so when when the 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 camera turns back to these laser cannons that are about to that are starting to shoot down, right? And like it's chaos down below. And then all of a sudden they feel like they have to point up. You're like, why are they why are they changing direction? So as soon as they pointed up, I was like, oh fuck yes. 
I was so excited. They're pointing, they're shooting in the clouds. It's something glowing. And all of a sudden, something bursts from the clouds and just... We're going. We're going to rip through a starship here again. Yeah. And 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 because she's so damn good at that. Yeah. And she bursts through that ship and takes it down, and it's like, oh my god, it is such a satisfying, ex, ex, uh, exceptional moment. And then you do have Carol uh, as you're trying to get to fighting for the gauntlet yeah. because they are what they're ultimately trying to do is take the gauntlet to uh, a backup time machine, which is in a van. Right? From yes, that's Ant-Man right. and Wasp, right? And in order to do that, they have to make sure that Thanos doesn't get a hold of it. In in the in the middle of all that, Captain Marvel does end up having a scuffle or two with Thanos. Yeah. Right? Which is Which was very epic. Wasn't it? It was really cool. But the last thing I wanted to say about all these women coming together was it was such an important moment. Because in the in the fandom world even in Stranger Things 2, we see judgment and belittling and pitting of women and girls against each other in that show. This, in this movie, this moment, of women all coming together without question, without hesitation, they're there to support each other, is what women need to be doing today. Throwing away the centuries of crap of women not supporting each other and tearing each other down needs to be let go of because this is the new age. Mm. And it was a good reminder, at least within the fandom world, like this is where we need to head. No more of what has been in the past. This is the direction we need to go in now. So that's the last thing I wanted to say about that moment. It's also a a reminder Mm -hmm. to Disney, and I hope that they realize this. You don't have any more excuses, Disney. You have enough female cast, Mm -hmm. enough people love them, uh, enough people want to see them on a regular basis. Equality on the screen time, women and men, and well-developed characters, women in particular, again, alongside with the well-developed male characters, need to be shown. So I'm hoping that they, that they understand that, because if they don't, we're not really moving forward, and this is all in vain. Well, I would just add that I, I took that all as... A reminder of how many great female characters we've already been introduced to over the past uh, 10 12 years uh, too and it was a great a great moment to see them all united and working together and and we'll see what what happens from here with someone we know that a couple of them are not going to continue um, okay but other cool things but yeah that freaking hammer yeah coming to Dude, okay, so again, let's set this up again. Okay, Okay. all right, you can set it up first. So Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man decide they need to stop... Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. This is, I think, before anybody else comes on the scene. Yes, this is true, actually. We're backing backing up a little bit. And they fight pretty well, but Thanos is able to take Iron Man out of commission... And he's even about to kill Thor with Stormbreaker. <gasps> yes, and I was it, like, oh no. And you do start to see Stormbreaker pierce his armor. Yeah. Which I was like, like... as if it was butter. And I was like, oh, this is how Thor's going to die. Yeah, because I was like, oh, he's going to die here. He's going to die. And then all of a sudden you see Mjolnir levitate. And I'm thinking, oh, somehow Thor is bringing bringing the hammer back to him and he's going to punch him in the punch Thanos in the head no the Mjolnir goes 
to Captain America. Yeah. And now Captain America is worthy enough to wield this thing. (laughs) That was so great. That was amazing. Amazing. I never would... It's a callback to Age of Ultron when they're all trying to lift this damn thing and Captain America is the only one that can make it budge. Slightly, yeah. Yes. Ever so slightly. Now, I asked you... Why do you think Captain America was worthy now? And you had an interesting answer to that. Well, first I have to say Thor's excitement of like, I knew it! (laughs) 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 Was just, it's just another element Mm -hmm. of showing support of humanity. Mm. That's what this film does really good. They're not fighting against each other in any way anymore. Okay. You know, so if you compare it especially to Avengers Assemble, they're it's the first time they're all together and they're trying right. to figure it out. Right. And now they're like... And Civil War broke super, them down. Yeah, and now they're like super pumped and supportive of each other because, hey, we have to unite against this greater evil. Yeah. So my theory was that Cap was still listening... He, he was still taking orders from other people without necessarily questioning those orders and the the ethicalness of it and are those the right orders you should be taking? Mm. We all know he's got the truest heart out of all of them. Yeah. So I think that's why he was able to make it budge. You know, a civil war happens, mm-hmm. and he has this realization of the powers that be do not have the people's best interests at heart, mm. and that's when he breaks away from that. And then he exercises that for a while into Infinity War. He's, he's, he's practicing what he preached uh, breaking away and standing for a higher, greater good. Mm. That he did. I don't think he realized back when he got to lift the hammer slightly. So I think it was his heart that was showing purity when he got to budge the hammer, mm-hmm. and then it was his entire being showing worthiness in Endgame. That's is that kind of what I said. I don't know if I'm I missing think anything. Yeah, more or less. I think that uh, he needed to grow interesting further. Too. You know, if you think about it, Thor's like how old? He's like seven hundred or no? He says something. in Infinity War, he's like fifteen hundred years old. Okay, so he's had a lot of time to grow as a as a being, you know. Whereas yeah. Captain America, he's maybe like if anything, he's like thirty eight. You know, he has technically had, he's eighty, but oh uh, well, you know. So then he's maybe like thirty eight, you know? <laughs> maybe forty two. 43 by the time he gets to the hammer yeah so quite frankly development wise like he needed more life experience even though he lived through a world war you still need more growth than that you know so that's what i that's my theory of it yeah and i thought that was interesting and and and, uh it it checks out to me oh was there anything else that like throughout the movie you thought was really kind of cool or or that you want to give a shout out to or discuss I think Scarlet Witch being allowed to let go of her power. Dude, not let go of her power, but just unleash her power. Unleash her yeah. power. That have was, that permission. Yeah. yeah. That was um, the closest she's come to as powerful as she is in the comics in the movie. Even though in the shot, it just looks like she's unstitching his armor. <laughs> it's still pretty cool. And it looks very controlled. And you just see this rawness to her. Yeah. And... That's oh, when yeah. you get a woman oh, with yeah. power, with ethereal power at her best. Oh. Uh, you know, 
just kill the one she loves and then you can see what happens. No, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing moment. And um, I, I don't like it when people hold women back in stories mm-hmm. from using their power, Clearly, especially if their emotions are attached to it. As we talked about in our Mar- Captain, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is like, again, this is like a second example, like... Let them have their emotions, goddammit. Well, so. I, don't, I don't necessarily see it the same way. I mean, I saw of it course. as... Abs- well, let's not be dismissive of it. I mean, it's, <laughs> okay, she's not being fair. held back, you know, by anyone. She, 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 but she was. Because if you look back when... Uh, I can't remember which movie it is, but it must be Civil War. In the beginning, and she's trying to protect... And something goes wrong, and she explodes a wing of a hospital or something. Yeah, she accidentally kills... People. Some people. So, honestly... And she does get in house arrest after that. You're right, but I, I, when I said that, I was really thinking about like more like Infinity War, what happened there, which is really more what's what's relevant to what happens in Endgame with her. And, yeah. She's not being held back by anyone. In fact, I was actually surprised how, how much energy it took for her to destroy the stone in Infinity War and, and Vision. Whereas, I think because she had been conditioned to not let go of her power. Maybe. Yeah, but Vision was definitely giving her permission to, you know, uh, in that moment. Well, Whereas difficult here task. in this movie, she is not having to work that hard to basically incapacitate Thanos. And that was greatly satisfying because I'm... I, been a fan and I, I you know i i know what scarlet witch is capable of you know she's capable of in in the, in the same effort that it takes for thanos to snap his fingers she's capable of eliminating 90 percent of the mutants in the universe you know right just a thought like, she doesn't even need a fucking stone right <laughs> you know? so seeing that moment was like yes like we're doing justice to the character now that's amazing and and i loved that moment any other thoughts you have Oh, I had turned to you and I said, you know, I bet Okoye's thinking, like, once she figures out that, oh, there was a pager attachment, a, a pager oh, that was yeah. linked to Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought to myself, she probably asked Nick Fury, and why wasn't she on the field before? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a callback to an Infinity War when yeah. uh, Scarlet Witch... Why was she up there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. You know, so... It's very cool because if you think about it in that way, like in Infinity War, there were only three women. And now... Hmm. But Sherry was busy doing something else. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. why I'm not including her. But right. now in this, you had all of the women. Yeah. And that was pretty fucking cool. So Definitely. I think that's all I can think about right now. There were lots of fun moments. Uh, everything else that I have to say is attached to the main six. The only thing I'll speak to that just occurred to me is the cold open with focusing on Clint Barton and his family. Uh, We didn't even have, like, the pomp and circumstance of the Marvel logo when uh, before the movie starts. It just starts with his dialogue as he's teaching his daughter to shoot an arrow. Um, That whole sequence where they just suddenly disappear was eerie, horrific, and tragic. Uh, it, It was played so well, you know, from pretty much from Clint's perspective... And um, it, 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 it touched me. Like, it really affected me. And I, I've heard other people say that they were brought to tears just in those two, three minutes alone. You know, we don't know that he has a family until, is it Civil War? We see how important they are to him. Sure. And it's just, it's really interesting. I, I think I, I really like the route they took with that. 
Yeah. Because they could have maybe left one child behind, but they took all of them. And I think that in itself was a reminder to how tragic Infinity War was when it first happened. Yeah. Because, I mean, believe what you want, Thanos said 50-50, but he took away a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. So I think that will be a good segue into let's talking about let's talk about the fate of the original six what i'd like to do and and as we close out here is go character by character with the original six and and talk a little bit about what their what their arc has been since we've met them what happens to them in endgame and and our thoughts on that let's start with the first one I I say is a little bit of a question mark. Let's start with Hulk, okay? So uh. when we first met Hulk, it was in two thousand eight. It was the second Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Came out uh, I think a couple months after Iron Man did. It was Edward, Edward Norton at that point. He was on the run. He learned to be able to control his anger through that film. And next we see him as Mark Ruffalo, portrayed by Mark Ruffalo, and we learn that he. He has since kind of come to this point where he's always angry, so he he's able to turn into the Hulk at any point he wants to. And I'm trying to think about his character arc and what 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 sort of changes he's gone through over the years, aside from physical transformation, because I mean that's made very very clear in this film. He he's he's seen in 2012 Avengers the Hulk is a bit of a curse, right? He's, he's gone through some depression, he's gone through suicidal thoughts, and he's just learned that he has to live with this. And he eventually comes to term with the Hulk as it is, and even self-exiles uh, at the end of Age of Ultron to try to save himself, or save himself from hurting anybody else, right? And sometime in between, I think... Age of Ultron and Endgame, he comes to some sort of an acceptance of the Hulk and figures out that the answer is to be to take the two personalities and become one. Yeah. Is that a fair characterization of his Yeah, arc? that seems to be what has happened. Okay, I'm kind of Endgame. piecemealing it here. Yeah. Because it is a little bit more of a challenge for me to figure him out. And most of his role in Endgame is scientist. Yeah. Right? Even though he is this thousand pound green dude all the time now, uh, he pretty much plays like the Mr. Fantastic role where he's like, sciencey, sciencey, sciencey. I'm going to try to figure this out and, all right, go do the thing. I think I, I, I made it happen now, kind of thing, you know? And that's pretty much what we're left with him. He doesn't necessarily, I don't know, what do you think about like, where we're left with the, as far as the Hulk at the end of Endgame, do you feel like his his story resolved, or do you think that there's more to him in the future? So I think that you know everything made sense coming into Endgame with what he had done. Uh huh. But at the end, I feel like he could be in the background for many movies to come. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's where he's going to be. Mm. Is he going to have his own movie again? No, I don't think so. I don't get that at all. Yeah. Uh, could he be like a backup guy, kind of like in Thor Ragnarok? I don't think he's going to have it to that extent. I think he really is going to be like 
maybe a quarter screen time, if anything, mm-hmm. maybe a fifth of whatever comes next. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of Hulk. It doesn't. I don't give that. I feel feeling. like he would be the grounded thing to come back to, and he'd be the wise thing to come uh, back to. Uh-huh. I would agree with your assessment. I think we haven't seen the last of Hulk, but he's not going to be a prominent figure per se in the future, unless unless absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know, in an actual Avengers movie. Because now he is the only one with the big brain left. Because Iron Man's gone. So. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But okay. Hank Pym doesn't necessarily seem to be too much okay. of a, a, fank, a factor to, you know, who knows if we'll see much of him in the Ant-Man universe anymore. Uh, and he's getting old also, you know. So let's move on to a, a, another character. How about Hawkeye, Clinton Barton? So we know that he has a family, and he actually, uh, that's right, in Civil War, he's out of commission because he decided to, you know, retire to his family that we introdu- were introduced to in Age of Ultron, right? And he, I don't even think he participates in Infinity War. No, he's, and neither does Ant-Man because they're technically under house arrest. Right, that's right. Yeah, they are. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. So you know, he's 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 perfectly content being like out of everything and just living with his family, right? And then Infinity War pulls him in once his, he has nothing anymore. It doesn't even pull him in. He has nothing anymore, and he has no hope. And all he has, like, he just falls back on what he knows, which is he knows uh, the skills he has, and he uses them, and he must have gone into some additional training because he becomes, they don't say it, but he becomes Ronan, which is a character that he uh, took on in the comics in the early part of this decade or maybe late part of the last decade, which is more of a ninja figure. He knows Kung Fu, he uses a blade now, not so much archery, right? And he's assassinating crime bosses throughout the and, and gangs throughout the world, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. We hear him. He's in Mexico, and then he's in Tokyo. Tokyo, yeah. Yeah. So, and when we do meet him, he's made it clear he's he's like he's kind of cleaning up what Thanos didn't grab. Well, but he's Which lost is kind all. Of funny. More, more importantly, he's lost all hope. Yeah. He's gonna do this till he dies. Basically, it dies doing it. You know, because he's got nothing to live for. In fact, he even tries sacrificing himself when necessary to get one of the stones. Uh, you know, to, to, to bring back, with the hopes of bringing his family back. Now, he, uh, he ends up surviving, he ends up not sacrificing himself, and he does get that phone call from his wife, and we're led to believe after this is done, he retires, right? Yeah, he's going to be with his family. I don't remember if we see anything from him... After the battle, really, or what? But do you feel like we will see Hawkeye in the future, really? No, I I really don't think that we will. If anything, if there's the introduction of his daughter into the franchise, 
we might see him in relation to that. But otherwise, no, I don't think we're going to see him. I do know that there is a TV show. It's a miniseries, actually. That's coming to Disney+. Plus. That is about Hawkeye training someone to take over. And that, that someone's name is Kate Barton. Uh, uh, Kate, Kate Bishop, sorry. Kate Bishop is her name. Not his daughter. Oh, okay. His daughter, I, I just noticed, is named Lila. Oh, all right. Played by Ava Russo. So he's not training his daughter, which makes sense. Why would you train, you just got out of the business, why would you train your daughter to take yeah. over and possibly kill, get killed in action? Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense that he wouldn't want to put her in harm's way after finally getting her back. Yeah. Right? So uh, we will see Hawkeye pass the torch, so to speak. In the near future. Are you pretty satisfied with his with his arc and where he's come? Oh, yeah. I very much enjoyed his arc. I mean, we watched Avengers Assemble uh, the night before we watched Endgame. Uh-huh. And it, that's when we see him at first, right? That's the first it's time we see him? It's the second time we see him. Oh. We see, he has a scene in Thor in yeah. 2011. Okay. And it's like... Total, I cannot recall anything from Thor. Okay, so. it's a totally exciting fanboy moment where he's yeah. protecting the hammer, which is in Arizona, I think it is, um, from being taken away by an intruder, which ends up being Thor. But we don't see him um, beyond that, really. Okay, well, I really enjoyed his arc. Mm-hmm. And I like that he went so dark. Mm-hmm. Because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's one thing you can do in the world you're going to clean up the trash, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's what I would do. It's what I would do if I had those skills and yeah. I had nothing to live for anymore. Mm-hmm. And the amount of pain he is in in order to go that route. Yeah. And then the fact that he's the first one to, to test the time travel. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he sees his daughter and just as he's about to see her after not seeing her for five years. Yeah. Uh, he gets whipped back. He's like, oh, my God. And... It's, it's like a switch. Yeah. He's ready to come back and do what he needs to do, you know. More or less, yeah. So I was pretty pleased with how his arc went. Yeah, and I'm, I'd be satisfied. I'd be satisfied if there wasn't a Hawkeye miniseries even, if that was just, you know, the last we ever saw of him. Um, I'm okay with the miniseries because of what they're doing. It sounds like it's a way to plant a seed for a future in in the next phase or whatever. But that was interesting. So let's... Okay, so that's Hawkeye. That's Hulk. Should we speak about Thor next? Yeah, let's talk about Thor. That's a good call. So Thor, we we first introduced to him. He's an arrogant little cuss. You know, ready to charge into battle. He gets... uh, Not humiliated, but he's humbled by the events of the first Thor film. Right? And he comes into the, the team essentially works together in the Avengers Assemble or Avengers as it's called here in 2012 and then goes off uh, his his main arc has been his duel with his brother Loki right and then when Thor Ragnarok happens everything he's ever loved is gone his dad dies his uh, home is destroyed right Half the people he's ever known or loved are obliterated. It's up to him to save his entire race. Oh, and all his friends, the Warriors Three, 
are dead. By the way, where's Sif? She's busy filming <laughs> her TV show. She's uh, very busy, very I busy. I guess. So he's left in charge of saving his race, which doesn't happen because in Infinity War, they come across Thanos immediately. Heimdall, his last good friend, is killed. Loki, his brother, that he's been trying to trying to save, more or less, you know, trying to redeem all these years. He's killed. It was finally getting to a place of redemption. He's got nobody, right? Like, Thor is full of regret, failure, and he's just so sad during the course of Infinity War. The only thing he can do is kill the man responsible, and he fails to do that, right? He's absolutely broken. Even when he does kill Thanos... He, he's not able to fix everything. He still, like, feels like a failure in a lot of ways because he didn't kill Thanos in the first place. He didn't do it right the first time. Right. Now, the rest of the Asgardians, which there are survivors, including Valkyrie, they set up a home in the Netherlands, and, and he basically becomes reclusive... And a, a drunk and, a, and a, a little bit of a dude, you know, so to speak. And he's playing video games with his friends, Korg, and, uh, which is hilarious when he threatens the gamer. Oh, my God. That, that was, was so, so funny. Yeah, so funny. But uh, Endgame produces an opportunity for him to fix everything. And when all is said and done, he decides... Well, it seems like he decides his time is done. He, um, but he actually joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm just, I'm so unsure of where that's heading. Like, I thought, well, maybe he's just going to, I get the sense that, oh, he's just going to get a ride for a while. And then he's going to hop off somewhere for a different mission. Because that is too much testosterone in one ship. Okay? There's no estrogen really breaking it up. Because is Nebula on the ship? Uh, you got Mantis for sure. Oh, the Mantis, yes, I forgot. I'm unsure about Nebula. It's still not a good ratio of estrogen to testosterone. There is too much on that damn ship. <laughs> Perhaps. However, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a purpose anymore. And so yeah. he's free to do whatever. And maybe, you know, gallivanting along the galaxy it suits him just fine. Yeah, you know, for a now, little bit. You know? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I really didn't see that coming. And the idea of seeing Thor as part of the Guardians in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in three years is intriguing to me. I'm, I'm curious if they're going to do, like, an establishment that he's lost his, his belly and he's gotten back to being chiseled. Yeah. You know? Because he, he does have this beer gut now. You know, he looks more like what's-his-name from the Warrior 3 who would oh, eat all the time. yeah, yeah, you know? that's right. There's actual specific shots where he looked like that particular guy. Did you have anything else to say about Thor? Are you pretty- I love that he, you know, I, we're getting closer into this right now. I love that there were all these temptations for the main, for mm-hmm. at least half of the main six. Yeah. When they went back in time. Yeah. So he had the temptation of his mother, and I love that he got to chit-chat with his mother because his, I didn't know this, but his mother was like, I grew up with witches. I know you're not my now Thor, 
you're a different Thor, mm. you know? Yeah. And I she was able to give him what he needed. Yeah. He needed some mom time. Yeah. You know, because he had gone through a lot. And who do you need when you've gone through a lot of shit to help <laughs> you snap out of it? You need your mom. Mm. And she's just so sweet and she's just like, eat a salad, okay? <laughs> have a salad. Right. <laughs> well, and also, just really quickly, I'll say that gave more justice to Rene Russo and, um, and her character, who a lot of people feel like was kind of wasted in the original Thor film and she started to get a little more substance in Thor 2 but then she was killed off granted her character's not one of the most important characters or anything but she was still a cool character to see on screen and I think a lot of people felt cheated yeah by what her what happened to her so I think like it was really nice giving her some time in this film. Yeah, too. and it was, it was a, you know what I loved the most about that is that he didn't run to Jane, he ran to his mom. And yeah, I was thinking about that. He actually avoided Jane, which was good. I thought that was interesting. Because when he's talking about Jane, because Jane, the Avengers. <laughs> to be clear, Jane is, he goes back to Thor Dark World time, and Jane is in Asgard at this point. Yeah. And the plan. She has the ether, which is the red stone, more yeah. or less, in her at this point. So the plan is to extract it from her, right? So they can use the stone. And he was supposed to distract Jane while Rocket extracts it from her. But you're right. He chooses to, to go see his... Well, I, he, he actually... He, he comes across... Yeah, he doesn't mean she, to. Because she actually, as mothers do, know that her son is up to something. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's move on to Black Widow because we only we're right. halfway through the, the the original 6. Let's get through Black Widow because we have a little bit more to go through. So, Black Widow. Oh, I'm Widow. sorry, but it's really important that we do mention that Thor's, you know, he said at the end something really important. What's that? He's going to become who he is rather than what he's meant to be. Mm. And that was really significant because he fights that throughout every single movie he's in. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's this different side of him now where even, you know, speaking to Star-Lord, he's like, of course you are. Of course you're in charge. You know, there's this very sweetness attached to him and much, much less arrogance. So that five-year period was good for him. Okay. Okay, Black Widow. So Black Widow, a character that all we know is that she's been um, the subject of a government program before... Uh, you know, a spy program that trained her to be a lethal assassin, took every attachment she had in her life away from her, including the potential of future attachments, i.e. sterilizing her so she couldn't have babies. She couldn't start a blood family of her own. Right. So uh, then she got converted by S.H.I.E.L.D., became a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, were introduced to her as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. We know that she has a a very dark past because of her KGB programming, right? And that weighs on her. She, there's blood on her hands, and her goal has been to redeem that somehow, right? It's a goal that we haven't heard much about the past few years, but it is, it is a part of that character. And I think uh, as far as her character arc, like... She becomes, she does become more trusting of the people around her, and she does 
care and, and start to embrace the Avengers as people she can let in and trust. We see that in Winter Soldier with her time with Captain America. And then a little bit in... Um, Which is the perfect person to practice trust with, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And so now we're at Endgame, and she is apparently the leader of the Avengers now because everybody there's nobody else. Right? Captain America is, like, he's retired. Tony Stark is broken. More well, on those two in a second. I don't think he's broken. I think he's gone a different direction with his laugh. Fair. But he, we'll talk more about him in a minute. She's left in charge of the Avengers, and she gets an opportunity through this time travel scheme to make... Amends to, to make a sacrifice for the good of the entire galaxy, and that is become the sacrifice for the soul stone, which she fights with Hawkeye about. To me, of the two, she's definitely the more logical one to make that sacrifice because, like, Hawkeye's entire goal is to be with his family again. So... No, it doesn't make sense. Why kill yourself? And it yourself? was a be with my family, not necessarily bring them back at whatever cost. Yeah. We didn't get that sense that it was bring them back at whatever cost, even if it's my own death. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wants... He has a family. Like, this entire story arc is about, getting, you know, just being with his family and retiring, basically, ultimately. So it makes more sense that it would be Black Widow because this is a way she could finally clean that red off her ledger. By bringing back a bunch of deaths, undoing a bunch of deaths, right? Galaxy-wide. There's no better, bigger sacrifice she could possibly make to make good in her life. And so she sacrifices herself, and it is a permanent sacrifice. And it is made very clear by Hawkeye that no, she is not coming back. This this permanent, the choice because that she made. The, because of what it entailed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the, that is the end of Black Widow's story arc. First of all, Shanna, you're very uh, it's been long established you're very protective of female characters. Were you pissed when Black Widow died or was it was it fairly well justified for you? Uh, and were you pretty content with it? Was I pissed about Black Widow dying? Ultimately, no. Was I pissed about Gamora dying? Yes, because the way in which she died was not fair at all, was not a good model, it wasn't love. Sure, it might have been love for Thanos, but it, it's, not, it's not healthy love at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, Black Widow was healthy love. Okay. So, Black Widow's fate seemed to make sense. Her sacrifice was for her family that she had made. That existed around her. Being the Avengers. Being the Avengers. For who, you know, that's who she had in her life. That's who became her family. Because if you don't have blood family, you're going to eventually make your own if you're a healthy person. <laughs> right? Okay. You could tell she was ready to bring everyone back no matter what it took. Already when she signed off her conference call with Okoya, uh, Rocket, Nebula. <laughs> Things were Marvel. weighing on her, clearly. Yeah, you could, you know, you saw her dance shoes on the side. Mm. And so you could tell there's this sense of she has been trying to move on. She has been trying to make certain things work, 
but ultimately she has one goal right now and that's to unsnap the snap okay <laughs> undo the snap yeah. yeah her sacrifice was for her family and the universe she was also doing it to save the family she has had the longest and that's hawkeye she knew that the only way to make hawkeye okay was to bring his blood family back for him mm. and she was willing to do whatever it took so that's how I took this movie. However, because I was because I am protective of women in this universe because of how they've been treated through the years. Um, I did do some reading, and there are opinions that Black Widow's fate can be boiled down to: well, she she can't have children, therefore she has no weight, therefore she was sacrificed in a fridging manner. Black Widow's fate can be argued. But ultimately, it boils down to there was no verbal confirmation of her intentions. However, I like to believe that she sacrificed herself for her very, very best friend, for her family, for the greater good. It was her choice to die. It was not, and that's why I compare her to Gamora, because they're both the soul stone. It was not her choice. She fought. She tried to get away from Thanos. Of course. So. Although, like. Granted, she was trying to prevent genocide from happening. Yes. You know. So there's more, you know, you can compare the two in order to argue against people's theories that Black Widow was gotten rid of in a frigid manner. She wasn't gotten rid of in a frigid manner. Is it difficult to determine that? Yes, because there is no verbal confirmations of any kind. You're saying she she doesn't explicitly outline her motivation. And I had said to you, you know what would have helped is if while Hawkeye was hanging on to her, mm-hmm. if she said, you are my family, you're all my family, now go and live with yours. If she had said something, and obviously I'm That's not a writer. Pretty good writing, though, but, for not well, being a writer. Thank you so much. <laughs> Disney should hire me as their sensitivity viewer. <laughs> I would keep all their secrets and tweet nothing. So, <laughs> you need to have that. Yeah. And I feel like they, I think, I don't think that it's a character problem. I think it's a writer problem. I think, I think it's lacking there. And Disney would do well if they improved upon that in the future. Because it will only make them stronger. So that's how I feel about it. So that's my argument. I will say the one thing that I agree with that I think is the crux of what you're saying and why anybody would protest um, her death is that there was no dialogue that outlined or underscored her arc or her motivation. We're grasping at straws. We wouldn't have to if it was a male character. I feel I'm I feel less like I'm grasping at straws because of things that's been established about her before. But I have to go back Mm. and draw that into the film rather than you know, there's a lot of callbacks that occur in Endgame and that's one of the only callbacks that do not exist. But it's probably the most important callback that could have existed for that character anyway. You know, and it would have been nice if if she had at some point in the movie made reference to the red on her ledger again. 
Yeah, and the only, I, I think, because you have a good point, I think the only re- one of the main reasons why I'm not pissed as hell yeah. about her death is because we had watched Avengers Assemble. Right. And was reminded of that. Sure. So. Yeah, so I am ultimately, I think, first of all, I, I think people need to be very careful about casting aspersions about any female character that's killed. Make sure it's very well thought out and uh, in terms of uh, whether or not they approve or disapprove. I do not think that Black Widow is cast aside willy-nilly. I think she is makes a choice. You're right. She makes a choice herself. Yeah. And, and she fights for the choice, too. It's, yes. She fights for that choice, and she is mourned. Yeah. Granted, she's mourned. In the at the end of the second act, so the plot does need to move on, but she is mourned. And then, you know, in addition to that, Hawkeye does make reference to her later when he's chatting with Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm, yep. So it's not a complete fridging. I it, it totally probably agree. isn't fridging. Right. I feel like if you had to get fridgy about things, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see how we how much fun I can have with this word. Gamora is more fridged than Black Widow ever was. So that's what we have there. Yeah, I'm just going to move on from this um, subject. And oh, just, you don't want to get more fridgy? No, no. <laughs> we, we have so... This is such a yeah, s- super-sized episode. Yeah, let's move on. But I, I, I'll, I'll just say I am very satisfied and surprised by the direction her, she took at the end. I did not expect her death at all. And it does make it curious. Um, and, and it explains why Kevin Feige has said we have not officially announced anything. Yeah. You know, and if there is a Black Widow movie, which honestly I'd be fine if there isn't. I understand why people would not be, but I'd be fine if there isn't. If there is one, the only direction we can go is backward and make a prequel. Which I'm totally cool with. I, I wouldn't mind having that that gap filled. It would be interesting because for me, it would be a prequel just for the sake of making a Black Widow movie. Going forward with female representation, yeah. Disney has no excuse not to represent women more equally. Yeah. And I feel like if they need inspiration, Black Panther is where they got it right. And they have a lot of um, female characters still left to, yeah. to, to, to play with. To, so, that exists in the universe. Yeah, so, so please don't fuck us over again. Fair enough. Yeah. All, All right. right, Captain America. Here we go. So, Captain America, a guy out of time. He had a love of his life that the he... The first hero. The very first Avenger. He um, sacrificed himself in the 1940s and said that he owed the love of his life one more dance. Thinking he was going to die, by the way. He doesn't die. He wakes up in the future, like several decades in the future. I was reminded, I had to remind myself watching Avengers, like he's only been awake, like as far as he knew, seven days ago, it was 1945. So he's he's like having to adjust with everything. He's still in the soldier mentality. Um, He's in the truth, justice, and American way mentality. And as you said before, he goes through one of the biggest arcs and changes over the over the period of several movies um, of realizing that the only thing he has left to really fight for that he can really believe in is the people around him. 
That's why he com- he comes down to that mantra of we don't trade lives, right? Yeah. He's not willing to let any of his teammates die for the sake of what, what we're doing. So, and then he makes the ultimate choice after all is said and done to be the one to go back in time, put everything right with the stones, put them all back in time. And we learn that once he was done, he uh, rejoined Peggy Carter uh, at some point. It's speculated um, post-Agent Carter that he meets up with her. Mm-hmm. Agent Carter, the TV series that lived around for like two or three years. And picks things right back up with her and has a full life with her before he transports himself back to the future as an old man. I wasn't sure if he transported himself or if he just lived that long, but I suppose he would have to transport himself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's my take. Um, so because we have it, she passed. We have it teased with Ant-Man earlier in the movie how, like, you know, when he gets turned, he comes back as an old person, he comes back as a baby, he comes back as a kid... You know, that sets that all, whole thing up for, what? for Captain America coming back as an old man. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. That's setting that up, essentially. Because they were actually controlling that. There was a... There's, there's some science that I'm not familiar with that they reference that, uh, okay. that, that talks right. about time. I must have missed that part. Yeah. All right. But, um, but oh, they were doing it right. But that's, that's my read. is Captain America, like, it was five seconds or whatever for um, our real time, but Captain America, he did all these things he needed to do. He got the Pym Particles so he could keep transporting to drop off all the other stones, and um, then he met up with Peggy, had a full life, lived it, came back an old man. Yeah. Okay. Passes on the mantle to Falcon, Sam. Wilson, that to was take on. That a beautiful on. moment. Very so interesting, beautiful. too, because some people would expect it actually to pass on to Bucky, the Winter Soldier. But no, Sam is now, even though he doesn't have the Super Soldier Serum, he's going to be um, Captain America. Will they give him the serum? Like, are they going to do something I, to help him? I would be surprised. Is he going to have a suit? Like, I'm worried he, He'll about probably him. wear the suit. Because he's a very vulnerable human, actually. Because he's just human. He's just so, a human. Yeah. He's a soldier. He's got that shield. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. going to need that shield. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> like, know. if you see Captain America, how he fights with that shield and how he fights with his, you know, serum ability, like... They need to give him something. Like, I'm worried about Sam. <laughs> hey, as Sam said, he'll do his best. Yeah. And he's a very noble dude. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a righteous dude. So he'll, he'll, <laughs> he, it's very exciting to see him take over. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Captain America's arc and where he ends things? Everyone's fate made sense to me. Captain America's, of course, was the most beautiful. And I was really glad he was not the one, that he was not the one that would die. Captain America doesn't belong with us even though he served his purpose over the many movies that he's in he needed he needed to go back to his time and he earned going back to his time Mm. you know sometimes you could argue that well is he worthy of going back to his time well he is to go and live that life that he Mm. he deserved to live 
Now seeing him with a full head of hair is certainly unrealistic. Uh, so makeup needs to get on that. Oh, oh. And you think he would be bald? Oh, oh, I see. Send it out just a little bit, guys. Okay. We're supposed to see some skin there. Okay. You know, like... All right, all right. I was not fond of that makeup trick. <laughs> okay. uh, that, you know... I think it was um, digital, I, I think. I'm pretty sure they were a little happy with CGI in this yeah. film, but I was really happy that he got what he got. Mm-hmm. And it was really special for him. I can compare his fate to Black Widow's fate. Captain America in the cinema universe, it makes sense that he got his fate. Mm-hmm. Black Widow in the cinema universe makes sense that she got her fate, that she did. They all did. I'm reminded. I, want, I meant to start this section out by asking a question. Taking a step back after Infinity War and leading up to this film and its release, who did you expect to die by the end of this film. By the end of Endgame? Yeah. Who did you expect to die before th- you saw the film? Okay. I thought Cap was going to die. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that that would do something further to Iron Man. Oh, okay. And that he would keep fucking living. Because okay. if you remember in Infinity War, I said that I was pissed that Tony still lived. Uh-huh. Uh, which plays into things later. And so it's good that he lived. Uh-huh. I did think that Black Widow was going to die. You did? I did. That's interesting. Especially after seeing something about those ballet shoes. After no, seeing be- those ballet before shoes. Oh, before? Saw, yeah, before you saw the movie. Before movies. I saw Endgame. Yeah, okay. yeah. I had this feeling that Black Widow was going to die. You did? Because she was the first female hero, and okay. I, I don't think they were going to keep her going. Hmm. Because there's so many others Okay. that they could play with and have attention on. History has shown that once you bring in a main female character, uh, like a new female character, another one's going to die. So anyway, I thought that she was going to... I had a feeling that she might possibly die. I thought that maybe... What is his name in Wakanda? Black Panther? No, Lavi. Who's left? M'Baku? I I had this... I thought that M'Baku was going to die, but I don't believe that he did. No. And I I thought that Drax might die because he's so crazy huh. in his want and desire and need to kill Thanos. Okay. That I thought maybe it would really get the best of him. Anybody in else? In fact, who... I was surprised that he didn't die in Infinity War. Hmm. So. Anybody else of the original six? I thought that maybe Bucky would die, but maybe that's about it. That's interesting. It sounds like you thought a lot of other characters were going to die. I thought mm. that Hawkeye was going to retire. Okay. I thought... I didn't think of retire, by the way. Okay. I thought Hawkeye was going to retire, and I was fairly convinced that Tony Stark and Captain America were going to die, and possibly Thor, because I had this feeling that... The mantle, at the very least, one way or another, was going to be passed on to Valkyrie. In some shape or form. Yeah, like yeah. she was going to be the new Thor. That yeah. I got a sense that we are moving on to a new generation, which was teased at the end of Civil War uh, and finally coming into fruition here. I, didn't, I, I did not expect Black Widow to die. I did not expect Hulk to die. I don't even know if I thought that Hulk would retire or anything. But I feel like Hulk has this ability to live for a very long time. I think that's accurate. So, 
what actually ends up happening is more or less Captain America passes on the mantle. He does and does. Oh, 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 and, and backtrack. So when those three characters, yeah, Hulk, Iron Man, and, and Captain so America yeah. are marching towards Thanos, I'm like, oh, this is Wait, when did that... you say Hulk? Sorry. No, uh, it's Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. Thank you. I meant that, yes. When they march towards Thanos, I'm like, oh, this is when they're going to die. Yeah. You know? So what ends up happening is Captain America passes on the mantle. Thor more or less passes on the mantle, right? Though he's going to be kicking around the universe, you know, doing his adventuring. And Tony Stark. Tony Stark is the one that dies. Now, I would have been very mad if he did not, even though... Yeah. Now, in a, there was a moment in the movie where I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to die. Maybe he's just going to retire. He has a family. Yeah, so is he, him he immune? Is, you know, he had a reason not to not to fight in this thing. Yeah. You know, which I thought added so much meat to this movie. Because he had this world that he wanted. Yeah. Because... He in, kept putting off throughout yeah. the entire and in series. Yeah, Infinity War... You feel like he's getting closer to it, and then it's ripped away. Can you explain that? Because he's talking to Pepper Potts, and he's like, oh, I had this dream oh. that we were pregnant. Uh-huh. And then she's like, no, no, we're not. But remember, and this is interesting, too, and I was curious, how is this going to affect Durant? Doctor Strange appears, and he says, congratulations on the marriage. They hadn't gotten married yet. Oh, well, that's fun. Isn't because that Because it's entirely possible that she was pregnant, and she just didn't know yet. Yeah. That's entirely possible. Women often don't know they're pregnant until at least the third month. I believed her when she asserted she was not pregnant. Oh, in you that, did? In that scene in Infinity War. Because that kiddo yes. looks like maybe the kiddo is four. Yeah. At any rate. Okay. Tony Stark comes back, thanks to Captain Marvel, back to Earth. Almost, he's completely emaciated. He's almost dead. I mean, like, he's able to walk. He's but able to rip his thing off. Malnutri- he's malnourished. Yeah. You know, he's and lost he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. I was very impressed with that. And he's emotionally broken. Yeah. Right? He's pissed. We're almost back to Civil War days where he's had it with Captain America. And it's a little different right? because he's lost he's lost the kid. He's lost Spider-Man. He's lost Spider-Man, yeah. You know? Yeah, and that did weigh on him, which was really great to see. But five years later, he moves on. He's got a family now. He's pretty happy. It's incredibly sweet to see. It's very moving to see. And he's presented with a possibility that he can make things right for others, but give up everything in the process. He's, he's not so keen on doing that. He ends up giving up himself, but everything else is untouched. Well, hold on. First, he's met with a moral dilemma. He figures out time travel. He's like, this is a huge development for humanity and the universe because of what it could ultimately mean. Do I toss this in the lake and and just live? You know, because of what it could end up sacrificing? And Pepper knows him best and says, but will you be able to rest? Right. It's a good question. Right. Because that's often what he's faced with. The, what, what is the overall good for everybody, right? And so that was, really, that was really great. So they go on the missions and everything, right? They make things right again, which ultimately means... Does it mean sacrificing his family? I don't think he's sacrificing his family. 
I, f- I f- strongly believe he's sacrificing himself for his family. Eventually. Yeah. But I'm talking about the whole notion of the snap, undoing um, the snap with everybody coming no, back. No, it's established with timeline nonsense, the rules. Okay. That what he's done has will not be lost. Okay. At any rate, he does end up sacrificing yourself, himself for real right, which is something that has been teased since Avengers Assemble, since 2012's Avengers. Um, this notion of his arc being completely selfless. When he takes that nuke up into space to destroy the Chitauri and possibly not being able to come back, that's his first step towards um, selflessness and self-sacrifice. As arrogant and asshole as he is, and as much as he pisses me off, yeah. when push comes to shove, yeah. he does the right thing. Right. So that was the first time they teased um, the, the idea of Stark dying. Iron Man 3... He gives up the, the, the core and everything. It seems like he, he, he's at a crossroads or whether or not we'll see future Iron Man. Um, and then there was another time where it felt like it really teased the possibility of him dying or going away. Oh, yeah. He, he gets fucking impaled in Infinity War. On a different planet. Right? Far away. Which I really thought, oh, my God. When I saw that, I was like, he's, he's, he's going to die. And, in fact, in this movie, once they introduced time travel, I was like, Oh, he's going to go back to the moment where he's fighting Thanos. We're going to relive that. And something's going to happen where everything's going to be right again, but he'll die in that moment for realsies. You it's know? interesting that you thought that. They don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that. What they do is... No, do, they're very smart about their strategy. Yeah. Eventually what ends up happening... Thanks to Black Widow. Okay. Can you explain that? She's helping figure out when the stones are, where the stars, oh, yeah, yeah, stones yeah. are, and she figures out three stones are in one place. Right, yeah. At one time. But what ends up happening is eventually Stark takes the gauntlet, and Stark does the ultimate snap to obliterate Thanos and his army out of existence. And what's really special about that is he's reiterating who he is. Yes, and that callback to that last line in the original Iron Man yeah. movie, I the am Iron movie. Man. Right, yes. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a very, very powerful, very beautiful moment. And it made Thanos look like a stupid little idiot because <laughs> he was like, I am inevitable. Right. <laughs> like, I, you know... It's a bigger word. It has more significance. Right. You know, take it at face value, but then you hear Iron Man say, I am Iron Man. And if you take it at face value, it's what? But then you think of the history of the movies and you're yeah. like, that has so much more significant weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. beautiful. And of course, it kills him doing so. You know? I thought There's he was no going to be okay him. because he was wearing his suit, but no, yeah. it doesn't save him because it no. gets absorbed. He, 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 there's no way he could have survived that, um, knowing what we know about the power of the gauntlet. And how he saw Hulk even get fried a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened to Thanos earlier. So he dies. And, well, he... and there's a giant funeral for a friend uh, procession for him at the end of the film, where we see everybody, everybody pretty much. Oh. Even the kid that completes him. Even the kid from <laughs> Iron Man 3, who I was like, who the hell is that kid? Because he d- he's like he late teen, early 20s at this point. I don't point. think he got snapped. And so, like, it's l- not able to recognize him. He doesn't have the same haircut or anything. 
but it is him. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so anyway, did you have any thoughts about Tony Stark and his demise? Yeah, I think it was as you said, it was set up a long time ago that Tony was going to eventually one day be the one that would die. Yeah. I, you know, I said that I was upset that he didn't die in Infinity War, but now you look at Endgame and it makes sense that he had to carry through. For the story, he had to be there to help figure out time travel. For the story, he had to help get there. You know, make a gauntlet. Without him, they wouldn't have gotten that far, mm. you know. So it makes sense. And I was really satisfied that he died at the end of Endgame with Pepper Potts allowing him to go. Yeah. Telling him he could go, that they will be fine without him. Oh, as soon man. as he heard that. And Peter Parker's there too. As soon too. as he heard that from oh. Pepper Potts. She had to be the one to release him. Yeah. And he was let go. Yeah. We'll so, be okay, she says. Oh, now I'm choking up. I know. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> <Stop> God. Stop it. <laughs> and Rhodey's there, and Peter's there. I love how Pepper had to kind of pull him away mm. in a very loving manner. This is my ultimate favorite redeeming moment of Iron Man. Mm. Because most of the time, I just see him being this absolute asshole. Mm. And he bounces, even when he does the right thing, he bounces straight back to asshole. You know, so... This is my favorite redeeming moment on a character that I disliked for the longest time. Mm. I feel like maybe the writers knew that when they started this universe, mm -hmm. they knew it was going to start with Tony, and they knew that, not that it was going to end-end, but that it, Tony would end, mm. something that would bring about something new, you know? Mm. So I appreciated that it started with him and it ended with him and it started in, you know, the I am Iron Man yeah. and it ended with Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was so incredibly written and Robert Downey Jr. is acting in this film. It, he's given so much material and he does so well with it. He is the heart of the film in some ways and, and sometimes very heartbreaking. Uh, too. It's just such exceptional work and exceptionally well written. He's given a gift with this film as a, such one of the best send-offs and one of the best characters he will ever have in his career. I, I couldn't, you couldn't have asked for anything more than what he's given in this film and his and what happens. It was very reminiscent, his funeral was very reminiscent of comic books when a hero does die. There's well, something so beautiful when you see all the heroes together yeah. sending them off. Yeah. So I thought that that was really beautiful how they shot it too, these little groups. Absolutely. So those are the, the original six and their fates, and who knows what we have before us uh, from here on out. Because in a month, we have Homecoming, don't we? We have Homecoming, and, but more importantly, Kevin Feige, he's, he hasn't announced anything. And we'll see if he's just giving it the weekend before he announces what Phase 4 is, mm. or longer. But it'll be very interesting to see what plans we have. All The only things we know for sure is obviously Spider-Man sequel. We have Doctor Strange sequel, Guardian sequel, Black Panther sequel, and we have this new character, Shang-Chi, who I don't... He's obscure enough that comic book readers like me don't even know about him or have a vague understanding of who he is. So I think it's great that they're bringing in a Chinese character as a main character. 
I think it's, you know, it's, it's great. We haven't, in American cinema, had a main Asian hero yeah. like that. We'll see what happens there. But I'm curious to see what the next phase is going to be and what, what uh, it's going to look like. So. so what we do know is that that's coming. Mm-hmm. We know that Guardians 3 is coming. We know that Black Panther 2 is coming. We know Doctor Strange 2 is coming. Yes. What about Captain Marvel? Have we heard anything? Uh, it's First of all, it's assumed that there is going to be a sequel. Okay. I don't know. Assumed. I don't know if there's been an official timeline or mm-hmm. not. It's possible that she was, and I'm just forgetting. But it, I, don't worry. You'll see her again. Is is the be- is the simplest thing to say. Any uh, other final thoughts about the film? It was great. I have to see it again, and it's not going to leave me depressed at the end of watching it again. Yeah. Much like Infinity War did, watching yeah. it a second time in the cinema. I think this is a film that you have to watch in the cinema at least two or three times, <laughs> uh, maybe four, because it's so epic and there's so many characters and Easter eggs and oh, all of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to go and enjoy it the first time you watch it and then think more critically about it the second time. Mm. Uh, it's a masterpiece. Wow. And if you think about it, Wow. all the sequel, all the build-up to it, Yeah. it's a tapestry masterpiece in that regard. If anything, Very cool. If anything, you have to give it that. So um, what score would you give it out of 10? Oh, maybe like a 9. Very cool. What about you? Uh, first of all, I want to note also, it's great that they had a, uh, a signature tribute in the, in the credits to yeah, the original six. Great. Um, very much a send-off. It actually was reminiscent of uh, in the Star Trek series. It did something similar really? with the original cast oh, that's cool. in the films. Anyway, uh, really appreciated that. No credit sequences, I don't think, right? No credit sequences. No, it was just like a send-off. Yeah. There was nothing at the end. I was a little annoyed. It was a beautiful clo- closing credits sequence, though, that gave due to every freaking hero that shows up in the movie. Uh, Stanley even gets his last cameo, which is probably, like, not the most exceptional. Like, in a film what that's was that again? full of exceptional moments. He's in 1970. He's driving by. He says, make uh, love, not war, dude. He's, he's oh, for kinda, heaven's sake, that's de-aged. what you were saying to me. Okay. Yeah. And there is a, there is not a credit, or there's not an end credits scene, but there is an audio nugget uh, that pays homage to Iron Man one last time, which is wonderful. This is an extraordinary film. It was an overwhelming experience for me. Having lived through the entire series as it released, I don't think we missed a single one in theater. Our first film together was Avengers Assemble. In 2012. Yeah. So it's been an an extraordinary ride for us, too. This pays off. This does not disappoint in any way. You might be able to make tiny little quibbles, little tiny nits here and there. But, dude, like, seriously, you could not have asked for a better close to this chapter and it's going to be very exciting to see what the future holds from here on out. Because um, it's not the end. For everyone. Uh, so. It's the end for some, but there's a passing of the torch and there's a future 
from here on out. We'll see what that is. But I, I agree with you. I give this a 9 out of 10 as well. Um, and really? I look forward. I That's look, exciting. Yeah, I look forward okay. to seeing the film again and again. And, you know, it, I was arguing that Infinity War may be the best film. Maybe Endgame beats it. I don't know. Right. Well, Star Wars next. Let's go. <laughs> that is our review of Avengers Endgame. We are curious what you thought of Avengers Endgame. Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. And that is going to do it for our supersized episode of Avengers. Shanna, before we go into the next episode, why don't you share with everyone where they can find you on the internet? You can find me at Shanna underscore Paxton on Instagram. Very cool. Will they find links to other things on there, too? No, if you want, you can go to the website, which is shannapaxton.com. All right. You can go to our website, thegibsonreview.com, via Blogspot. You'll find all the past episodes, past articles. You'll also find the current series, Best of 2010s, on there. I welcome you to check out the... Best love stories, best animated films, best foreign films. I don't think I teased it in the last episode. Oops, my bad. But check out the latest article, Best Foreign Films of the Decade, on there at thegibsonreview.com. Pretty soon here you'll find a Best Documentaries of the Decade article there. Uh, you can also go to, of course, social media, Facebook, slash Gibson Review, Instagram, the Gibson 99 movie-related content on there, on both of those. You'll find this uh, this series of podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Subscribe. If it has a review option, give us reviews. Help people find us if you like what you hear. And that does it till the next episode, which will be kind of a relaxed episode in a way. It will be the summer movie preview. It is that time to look ahead at the summer and what's coming, uh, and kind of assess, you know, is it an exciting summer? Is it an eh summer? What are we looking forward to? We will actually count down our favorite documentaries of the decade in that episode. Look for that. When will you look for that? That is May 14th. You will find that episode. Uh, until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye.